Oh no. Nope. Don't worry guys, Andre will fix it. Wah. Oh, that's okay. Just press it now and I'll start over. They don't hear us. Oh, they they, us. Yeah, they never heard us. I'll just start now. Wait, oh, they, they never heard us? They, no, they, they definitely heard us. God, that was fucking gold too. We're just gonna have to do it all over again. Go Bucks. Wait, did they hear it? No, wait. They, oh, they didn't hear it. it. They didn't hear it. They didn't hear no. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You oh. press go live? Wow, oh, we're hi. fucking live. I'm looking. Are looking we at live? Okay. Yeah, we're live, bro. What up? Hi, guys. Uh, well, I'm trying to see. Howie. We're, we're 100% live, Burke. Hi. Sorry, yeah. guys. Take me what? out to the ball Take... game. No. All right. I suck so Yankees bad. don't play today anyway. Oh, really no. I suck again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Now, <laughs> Berkey's playing Christmas games on his computer. <laughs> These goddamn it's ads. It's some Christmas pornography game. All right, so all right, I'll let all everybody right. know. We are, How oh, fast we can you finish? We have been live for the Andre. last 20 minutes, but I never pressed the go live button. So it is me. I just okay, want to everyone, there. blame Andre. Andre. Wow. Andre has to buy us donuts. I wonder how many we're watching to begin with. This is for the nerds. This is for the brainiacs. This is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back. You ain't gonna touch me. You're not gonna do nothing. You are not above me. I bet you wish you was me. I know it, I know. Take oh me out to the ball <laughs> game. No. 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 Happy opening day, everybody. Let's go, Bucks. All right. Let's go, Bucks. Don't Wait, why fucks. are you saying Bucks? You go for Pirates jersey huh, exactly. on. Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Exactly. Short for Pirates. They yeah. don't even have a real identity. The whole, the whole Pirates, Buccaneers, Buccaneers. City of Pittsburgh's all fucked The Buccaneers even short for identity. Pirates? Well, no, Buccaneer a is a pirate. pirate. Like a okay. Buccaneer is a pirate. Got it. Right. Okay. More, uh -huh. more syllables than Pirate. <laughs> well, that's yeah. why we say Bucks. Bucks yeah. is the nickname. Or Buccos. Or Buccos. Buccos. All right. How about them Buccaroo, if you will. Buccaroos. Yeah. I think if they call the Yankees the Gringos, like you can't. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? That is true. Yeah. Why? Why is a Yankee just a Spanish word for white person? That is. Yeah. That's true. No. It's, yeah. What, you gonna teach me Spanish? White American. No, you're, no. I'm asking why a Yankee oh. is is synonymous with a Spanish word for white well, when person. When you say oh that Yank, Force. that's a white yeah. person. No, yeah, that's a white American. Like the whole the whole country is New York. Like, <laughs> like, he's like, oh, you go to, like, you could be going to California. They're like, oh, you're going to New York. Yeah. Like, that's how it is. Okay, okay, so when, when I was the in the Dominican Republic, it was like that. Huh? Everything's New York. No matter where you go in the United States. They only know Alabama is not New York. Yeah, but you're going to New York. That's how it is. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. We are, we're live. Apparently, uh, we're going to talk opening day really quickly since we spent 20 minutes on it with <laughs> without the go live. But God, this is partially my fault. Um, big day in Pirates news today, sort yes. of. Historic, of. Historic day. Historic day. Key it's... Brian Hayes signs. Well, maybe signs. But <laughs> he has the biggest contract in Pirates history, which is a whopping... $70 million. Nice catch, Hayes. Yeah. Don't it's, ever it's, fucking you know, do it again. $70 million again. is a lot of money, but not 
in comparison to right? what normal contract, big contracts are in uh, Major League Baseball. So if he gets in a small market listen, team. I just want you to know that you put the faith of your entire franchise on a guy who had five home runs last year. Yep. Dropped yeah. the ball today, <laughs> struck out, and got hurt. They believe wow. in him. And small sample size, huh? <laughs> we'll just start, start calling you small sample size chin. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, listen, this guy has a lot of talent. Well, we'll see after his injury because he already got hurt. <laughs> and that sucks. Wait, he didn't sign his contract yet. So, right? yeah, my sources are telling me that he uh, is his con. He did not sign his contract yet. It's pending a physical. Oh, no, he's going to get rugged. He might not pass that physical now. We don't know. He's going to get if they yes. rug him, If they rug him, oh, are you still side. a Pirates fan? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that's dirty. Listen, yeah, but I'm not a fan of the owners. I'm a okay. fan of the team and the franchise itself. The entity. Okay. Uh, to catch everybody up on exactly uh, what Key Brian Hayes is bringing to the table, this, this is definitely a non-Pirate-like signing. So... This is his third year in the league. They're basically trying to skirt arbitration uh, as he was still on his rookie contract. Right. They locked him up for eight years. He is showing glimmers of... Uh, he, he, he's very reminiscent of a young Bonds, if you will. Oh, God. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exaggerated. That, I can't back that what? up. What? Um, Unfounded, but... He has barely sniffed the fucking field. In two seasons, he has 442 at-bats. But he did hit 280. Yeah, he was hurt over for like that a time. whole year. You know, last year he played more than the year before. Oh, year so before now he's hurt, he hurt again. Last year. Well, he only played 90 games last year. Okay, well, then there was a reduced season in 2020. Right. Which he was hurt for most of it. Right. All I'm saying is that uh, his actual <laughs> at-bats is only... It's still less than a full season's worth. He has 447 career at-bats. But... His war is actually somewhat impressive at 4.2. So I'm assuming that these no, are the he's projections. The real deal. I mean, the, listen, the, the Pirates are, are not going to put. Wait. They never sign anybody, right? <laughs> so obviously, they know what they're doing. He's young. He's young. He he's seems the real to. real deal. He had 250 last year. No, how does war work? Talk to me at the end. It's yeah, wins above replacement. So it's basically person. like the comparison of. Uh, average player. The average player at that position. Okay. And how much. Better, basically, it's a ranking. Gotcha, gotcha. Do, I just want to make sure yeah. it was it's throughout like the league and, and not it's your like team. Plus minus in basketball. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. want to make sure it was throughout the league and not like yeah, the team. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm a little surprised that if he thinks he's as talented as they think he is, that he would sign this deal. It's not very player that friendly. Man doesn't even believe it himself. That's yeah. what he I'm took I mean, seventy million for eight years. That's not good. Right, and he'll be 33 at the end of the contract. That's horrible. So it's like he's not going to get signed to a second big oh. contract. Yeah, he's basically is, saying that this is my... He's like, this is my payday. Th this oh, is really... Man. But, but... Then he might get rugged on and it. And maybe this is the reason to do it is because the Pirates are notorious for not fulfilling these uh, quote-unquote big contracts. I mean, they have signed bigger contracts than his in the past, just not monetarily speaking. Right. They, they signed A.J. Burnett to a one- or two-year deal that was worth like 12 and a half million a year or something like that. Kutch was making over 10 million. Um, I'm trying to think. There were a few other guys that were making 10 million plus Cole, Cole in his right. last deal. Yeah. Uh, so, the, you know, they the get everybody in a fucking this. discount. It's the eight-year plan. Yeah, they're going to give the Yankees a discount. Plan. That's all that's going on here. So <laughs> that's the thing. It's like after year four, uh, you know, all of his money's guaranteed, but all they have to do is find a buyer who's willing to absorb the contract and then renegotiate. And that's probably the biggest downside for him is that if he gets traded year four 
he's now locked into a shit deal for a team that could pay him double. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. There, there's, there's some ways to arbitrate this as a player where, uh, if you put up big numbers, I, I think you can like work on renegotiating. I mean, like, baseball's tough you, because if there's you no believe cap. in yourself, there's two. What he has two years until his contract. Well, he shouldn't believe in himself. He's barely fucking had a cup of tea <laughs> in the pros. You don't, pros. Uh, you don't no. have high hopes for what the mean, uh, for the Pirates this year, do you? No, I, I think that they're gonna lose a hundred plus games yeah. for sure. Okay, well, see, my, my, uh, my. The bet I have right now is uh, they need to win at least 60 games. So it's, the line was 59 and a half. I bet over. So as long as they only lose 102 games, I win my bet. All right. Well, now the this first is round, we had, we had, uh, you, we had a, a little wager between the two of us. Yeah. So I believe... What you said was uh, you set the over-under at four and a half series yes. to win. Yes. Right? And I took the over. And splits obviously don't count. So splits like any, any right. four-game series right, that they go 2-2 on. I understand right. how a win of a series works okay, cool. in baseball. <laughs> Good. Uh, so, don't patronize yeah, Do not yeah, patronize me. I just want to get yeah. it out on <laughs> right. the public okay. air. Yeah. So $100 if they win at least five uh, series goes to me. If they don't. I give you a hundred bucks, yeah, and, and you're off to a good start. I'm off to a good start. We're gonna win the next two. We'll win the <laughs> you're down four zero. The copy is strong. Yeah, about it, man. It's a long series, long season. I I rarely feel good about prop bets that I put out, but this one feels like a goddamn. I wonder lot. how many series they won last year. That'd be interesting. No. Well, I don't know either. And I know I know how, how many, many I know how many sweeps they had last year. Zero? Exactly zero. Okay. How, how, many, <laughs> how many games did they win last year? They won uh, 61. Oh, you're a favorite. 62. Okay. 61. I, I would bet 61. sight unseen. They said 61, and I, I, from what I've seen, they look like they're going to be a better team this yeah, year. Yeah, but this guy okay. already got his money. So I, he's I would, just, bet, he's I just would like, bet you $100. Whatever. I'd bet you $100 sight unseen that they won fewer than, that if we can make five a push, that they had four fewer wins. I don't know. They were pretty bad last year, and they had zero sweeps. So I don't. I don't want to. Okay. I don't make I'm that bad. Really yeah, I'm, really I'm looking into the future, Burke. I'm not right, looking right, into I the understand. past. And you'll be looking for eight years later. <laughs> All right. Listen. I can't like I can't argue with you and be like, oh, your team sucks too because you like the Yankees. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just bandwagoning, man. Yeah. He jumps on board. Whoever's good. Like you know, somehow he's a Yankees fan, but he liked the Red Sox for half a decade. This is how you know when they were conveniently good. It wasn't. It wasn't right? convenient. It you're was straight bloodline. Listen, you're there you for the good You don't understand bloodline, bro. Yeah. I understand. You're a fucking gringo. Okay, that's the difference. I'm still a Yankee fan after the last ten years. Have you guys seen us do anything other than get robbed by Houston? Oh, tell me about. Tell me about your big fanhood for the Angels where Vladdy was at or the Blue Jays <laughs> now. We all love Vladdy. Okay, but you didn't kids. turn into an Angels, Angels fan. Yo, we Talk were, to me about we, Bloodline. We follow Pujols, Vladdy, but, but the real Dominican pride was obviously with Manny, Poppy, and Pedro. Period. Mm -hmm. That's how it went. Even, even my man who's like a little racist, we kind of like put up with him because he had the blood in the sock. Like, all right, cool. I think Key Brian Hayes is uh, Dominican. He's not. He's from Texas. <laughs> He's trying to get Chin his on first board. Name has a, his, on, his first name has a, has a, a apostrophe. Chin's going to be coming in with a right yellow shirt. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm 
sure if we look hard enough, we can find a Dominican on that on that roster. There's a Dominican in every roster. Yeah, Dominicans are good at baseball. Dominicans are really hurting. Okay, yeah. maybe actually we probably. But yeah, better negotiate. Us Dominicans have better negotiators than that guy. Oh. Eight years, crazy. Dude, I, mean, I think wild. he did pretty well, right? According to his stats. <laughs> That's yeah, true, but right? Sam right. Like seems like he did pretty well. He locked himself in. I mean, He's like, and he gets hurt on the first year. game. I'm locking this I think it was a team. You. I think it was a team-friendly deal, and I think the Pirates probably got the best of it, which is good for the fans. Um, so we'll see. See what happens. We will see. I want to stay in Pittsburgh for eight more years. Pittsburgh's a great it's city. Oh, it's so great during the summer. There's oh no God. better place on fucking earth. Get what? The fuck out. Yeah, what? Hawaii. Best place on earth. You want to hear someone Nobody wants to be in Hawaii in the summertime, man. I'm going on vacation Blistering. this summer to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> no you one should. Does that. The tourism is off the... Yeah, you have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea. The food, the arts, the water, the water. Dude, anybody who spends like a little bit of time in Pittsburgh... Loves it, and they're like, "Wow, I had." I will no say, idea like, I've never been like there. This. It's got so. this connotation that it's this like dirty steel town, but like in the last 20, 30 years, it is completely. It's been booming. revolutionized and, it's and just different. booming. Right. It's booming, right? It is. It is such Pittsburgh. a deep, rich fun. history in the arts and the sciences and the industrial so revolution. Does every yeah, city, like though. It's a like a little New York. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what we can do in Pittsburgh that you can't do in New York? Drive. We can drive. drive. What? Watch you, the Pirates. Watch the Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy Park. Goddamn right. Best baseball stadium in the entire sport. Really Along with the best backdrop. baseball team. How great. Well, what are you going to do, no. man? You, no, uh, Andre, can no. you pull up a backdrop of PNC Park, please? Come on. Let's, let's, look how beautiful this is. Look at, that. Look at, that. Look at the how beautiful that is. The point, this. the incline. You guys don't yeah. even understand. The Warhol Museum. Oh. I mean, okay, that is but just... But you're, you're naming things that every city has. Museums, <laughs> every city has an like Andy Warhol bridges. museum. There's better museums. Name them. All of them. Metropolitan okay. Museum of Art. Pass, yes. Pass the Met. Yes. After the, the Met, Met yeah. name them. You don't need Philadelphia the Met. Art it Museum. Is the Met. That's we the what? No, Philadelphia listen, Art Museum. We're not trying to compare. We're not trying to compare ourselves with New York City. Like that's. Yeah, that's right, but what we are trying right. to do is say we're way better than Philly. Yeah. Uh, All right. I don't know about that. Philly's close to a beach in Atlantic City, and you, you can drive We're not everywhere. that far from a beach. Andy Warhol, greater than Walt Whitman. Yeah. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's the good news now? There, there's good news and bad news. We'll start with the good. Uh, WSOP is live in Michigan, and they, or Michigan, I should say, has agreed to be a part of the shared liquidity pool that contains Nevada, New Jersey, uh, and Delaware, Delaware, I guess. But it's like an asterisk because I don't think WSOP exists in Delaware. Wait. What? It doesn't? No, I think it's just party and stars that are in the Delaware market. Oh. So the pool itself contains Delaware, but right. I don't think... Uh, 888 yeah. or... It's like a, a government organization, right? That like decides the shared liquidity pools and stuff is that yeah what it is? yeah i would imagine um I, i'm not entirely certain how it works as far as like regulation goes like i don't know if so basically like if you're in that pool do you adhere to nevada gaming or do you each individually have gaming uh, no. that you, you adhere to you a, i know new jersey you you report to the new jersey game yeah okay that's fair <clears throat> Um, then I'm not really sure like and then you pull after yeah I'm not sure who governs the the actual pooling process then 
Um, it's well, it says in the article there's like some M M something. It's like some gaming commission that controls the shared liquidity. Right, that's like, what they get. What I was getting at is like, it. is oh, there, is there an overseeing body? Um, the hope then is that Pennsylvania will jump ship and also be a part of the liquidity pool. But from everything I understand, that's like a really low probability. Uh, they are the most populous, if not maybe second most populous behind Jersey, I guess, but probably the most populated state of the pool. And uh, they're just doing well tax-wise. It's the same reason why like California won't ever come on board. What, or not won't ever, but is like very reluctant to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't foresee Pennsylvania jumping into the pool anytime soon, but it's nice that we do pick up that new fresh Michigan, Michigan. liquidity. Uh, I assume at some point we're going to have party poker and uh stars in vegas or nevada well i and maybe one day we'll have gg here i don't know i mean well, they, i think it's gonna have to be like the toronto thing they wanted to include that in the yeah US, right? so i think that that was a first step towards trying i i, I think ultimately because wsop is involved they're trying to bring toronto into the shared liquidity pool as well um and i think toronto wants to be a part of it but i think that got halted uh, I think there was a, a hang-up with uh, either legislation or gaming or something along those lines where uh, the Toronto GG pool isn't segregated yet. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously every step towards more shared liquidity in North America or the United States or whatever the case may be is a huge win for us. Mm-hmm. But again, it really does come down to like New York and California and Florida. Those right. three are, yeah. the, they're like the major keystone states that we. And I guess Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Texas I just, they well, never I like got promoted diff- before, but yeah. But like, it's but, kind of a different thing, right? Like the reason why California, New York, and Florida aren't involved is because they don't want to give up their liquidity pool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the reason why Texas won't get involved is because they're like hyper conservative on yeah, gambling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's the same reason why, like, they don't have casinos. You, I mean, yeah, it's weird. Like, like New York has a ton of casinos or reservations anyway, but none in New York City. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're very protective of, of the city limits. And I don't know. It would be interesting to New see Jersey's what direction. protective too. Like, I also don't, don't think that changes, though. New Jersey doesn't want any. They've been fighting for a casino on the north side of New Jersey in the Meadowlands area where, like, where there's the actual money. Stadium is, yeah. And they just, they're not passing it. Well, that's yeah. just, that was Atlantic City fighting that. I'm well, sure. yeah, uh, but, maybe but somewhat, but, but been, I imagine like New York City also is probably lobbying against. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they right. Like don't, they don't want they don't want all that revenue to cross the bridge. I mean, it's going there anyway. It doesn't really go upstate. Nobody really goes to these it's, casinos. You're missing my point. If if New York has the if New York has a pile of money and they can either invest it in opening a casino in the city or use it on lobbyists to prevent. Hoboken from opening a, a, a oh, casino. Yeah. Right. They're yeah. gonna do one or the other. They're not just gonna like say, yeah, you do whatever the fuck you want. We're gonna sit on this pile of yeah, money. Yeah, that's true. We're gonna lobby it and then Right. It's yeah. just like either either everybody gets a casino or nobody gets a casino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that uh, be a good point. Speaking of of legislation and casinos versus Wait, I wanna talk about I wanna talk my shit a little bit about Andy Duke because I was listening to the podcast okay. yesterday. And I think that like one of the points that, that I think we missed yesterday was that even though it was a failed project, as we kind of said, like she had a $300,000 salary, 
which was like one of the critiques right of, of like that's what i was wondering because when we were saying where'd the money go i'm like yeah. salaries she had a because huge salary usually... and all the all like the board had massive salaries each which right was like what everyone was like also critiquing and then i think the part that we didn't talk about also was but like, were they paid yeah, they were paid. Do we know that for sure? Yeah, she was paid for sure. Okay, because like yeah. EPL only existed for less than a year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, in the bankruptcy papers, like it showed like these people were paid. Okay. You know? Um, secondly, I think we didn't really chat about like her role with Ultimate Bet, which is I think what people like. It, I, think it's, I think it's a little bit of both. The fact that she had the, the Ultimate Bet in 2010 then turned around right away with the Epic Poker in 2011, and both these things went down, and people feel like they got scummed. Yeah, I don't know. The UB scandal is tough to pin on her. Definitely um, tough to pin on her, and people do say like, "Oh, well, how about Helmuth?" Well, exactly. Well, you know? Like yeah. she wasn't but she exactly was a major face there. Though. Not compared to him, of course, not compared to him. Okay, but, but like that's the whole point. Is like it's not the same though. as the full tilt scandal, where like these pros were actually a part of the business. Her and Helmuth right. were, maybe they were consulting, maybe they weren't, who knows, but like, that was a Russ Hamilton thing, right? Like, right, but Russ said that she had access to the, to the cheating shit too, even though she denies it. I mean, did we ever scrupulize her play? Uh, it can't be that hard to, right. I mean, maybe now it's been so long, but yeah. like, if he came out and- I'm just saying it doesn't look good on her. No, of course, I don't think anybody's trying to say Annie Duke yeah, yeah. is some sort of saint. Uh, I think it's more so just like, I can understand why the business community doesn't really see it as a black eye on her resume. Mm -hmm. It's just like, mm -hmm. I mean, the thing of it is, is like, if she filed bankruptcy papers and the court accepted that, despite the fact that her and the board got paid large salaries that should have otherwise made good on business promises, uh, at least from a legal standpoint, it's like, okay yeah, yeah that shit happens right it's like it's the same reason why when you start a company you start an llc to create an umbrella so that you personally can't get sued and yeah it, i think i think what i'm saying is like it's the combination of the two things sure like it's not just that she had a failed venture is that she had a failed venture after the fact that she had this ultimate bet stain on her yeah i mean well that's on us right yeah, we for sure we knew about the stain and we showed up for the epl in droves <laughs> So it's kind of like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, like, uh, I think we can demonize her all we want. It doesn't really change too much. Um, and I'm not trying to be an advocate for Annie Duke. I think she's obviously probably pretty scummy. But I guess my bigger point is that uh, there's a large number of people in this community that are pretty scummy. For sure. Uh, and not all of them have the chops to, I guess, like shift into a corporate career. And to be fair, a lot of people in biz the business world are a little scummy yeah. and very highly educated and intelligent. Like the two can coexist and right. often do in business. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a pretty valid point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I land on it. It's very weird to me. Um, I think that... I think she should come on the show. Annie, you want to come on? I just... I, I think like with... Also, I think the fact that she's like related to Howard is like doesn't help the case at all sure. like it's just like well he was scummy so you two had to be talking about this stuff behind closed doors type of thing yeah probably uh yeah i don't i don't know where i land on it all just because we let so many people off the hook mm. um i think i'd be more for vigilance or, or being uh vigilantes i guess uh if 
the only people who came to mind that were blackballed from poker weren't just like Howard Letterer and crew. Like there has been, I mean, even Russ Hamilton, it's just like, this guy really suffered nothing. There was no repercussions for him just robbing the community of right. tens of millions. You know, it's like it, it that whole, I, I don't know, man, those stories are worth retelling. I think, uh, I think they're fascinating. I think they're worth digging into. And, uh, I think that it's a shame that it has to be at that grand of a scale of cheating or robbing or, or whatever the case may be before we even bat an eye at it. Like everybody has to be affected before anybody even starts talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, the amount of cheating that's taking place now for like low seven figures is so rampant. Oh, for sure. And everybody's just kind of just Live like, too, well, yeah. but it didn't happen to me. Yeah, that's so, you know, whatever. Like, let them RTA. I don't play online. Who yeah, gives a well, shit? Yeah, well, it's also or, the hard evidence thing. Like, I mean, the thing it. is, though, there is the hard evidence. We just don't get it in the public domain. Yeah. GG knows who the fuck was RTA. Right, yeah. yeah. They have those names. Yeah. They just don't share them. You know, and, and it's like, same thing. It's like, uh, you know, when Coleman comes out and accuses Perry of robbing him out of a million dollars, like that got swept under the rug instantly. I know. Literally no one cared. <laughs> right. And it's just like, I think that he did a pretty good job of like making a case and demonstrating evidence that he was probably conned, but even he went quiet. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I, I just don't, we just don't care. Yeah. It didn't happen to us. And it's easy to be sitting on the sidelines and pointing and saying like, don't be such an idiot. Mm-hmm. Just don't do business with these people. Uh, and I mean, you know, that is a good maxim to live off of, but I mean, especially with how gray the, the marketplace is getting as a whole, where it's like more and more apps are cropping up more and more like ecosystems that resemble some sort of Ponzi scheme or pyramid scheme, just keep cropping up overnight. And you have more layers of people that that you have to go through that are all getting a cut of the action. There's a a longer downline, right? All of this just looks like full tilt on a, on a lower scale. Every one of those fucking app games you're playing, I can promise you this much. The players funds are not segregated. Not one fucking bit. Uh, Of course not. You're hoping that the whales pay so that you get your bottom line. And Mm -hmm. the thing of it is, is no one's going, the the DOJ isn't going to show up and shut down poker bros or, (laughs) You know, any of these at poker and PPPPPOKER and like <laughs> whatever other stupid fucking name you can come up with. An app. It's like you, we, we've somehow regressed all the way back to the early 2000s because that's where the softness of the game is. But the rake has 5X, 10X, maybe more. I think it's a function of the fact that we just, we need a place to play. Yeah. I mean, this and, is a function of prohibition. Yeah. And you see this in other areas that where prohibition kind occurs, of. where there's, it's just, not as there are other safe. options they're just not as here's, here's not that many other options no. if you live here's in arkansas irony. where are you going to play global but like that's, you play global you can play acr you could play ignition. acr is the same also like the good thing about the app games is a lot of them are um not cash up front so that's why they're so popular but like that, all credit. The, the, that's not the good thing about them that's well, the bad no, no, thing no 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 that's what i'm saying that's that's why they're they're so popular though i'm pretty sure Maybe, but like it just shows how ignorant the average customer is because whenever like that risk is being pushed onto you as the consumer, not as the fucking game operator. I understand that though, because like as someone who was a complete recreational like fish, like not very long ago, I didn't know what like what normal rake was or what like, you know, I didn't know there's no like handbook or anything that teaches you this stuff. Well, I guess that's, that's the the part that I find to be funny is that the grayer this market becomes, 
the more people were showing up in droves to play in quote-unquote soft games, right? And because the appearance of a higher win rate exists there, they're willing to take on exorbitant risk yeah. that their money and funds are insecure. Mm -hmm. The irony is it's almost guaranteed that your win rate is lower in these environments between the risk of getting rugged and the amount of rake that you're ultimately paying by comparison to a semi-legal or legal online site, like uh, call it um, ACR or global in the gray arena yeah. or like a WSOP right. party poker and bet MGM type of thing in the, the regulated market, right? Even though those pools appear tougher and likely are, and appear smaller and likely are because the rake is so small and you are getting rewards and all this other stuff and your funds are absolutely guaranteed to be secure yeah. within reason you know obviously like it's we could say that with a little bit lower degree of confidence with like acr because it's still a great market stuff. but in any event like your funds are very likely to be secure your win rate is naturally going to be higher there. Mm -hmm. But people don't see it that way because everything's so short-sighted. Champions Club on WSOP is like 36% rake back or something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, it's very high. Yeah. Uh, they just published their rewards for um, for MTT buy-ins too. And Kessler was digging through and basically said that it's the highest any any land-based uh, casino offers when it comes to MTTs. And it's not a lot. It's like $10,000 worth of buy-ins <clears throat> gets you like 30 bucks in, in returns. Mm -hmm. But nobody else is offering you 3%. Yeah. 3%? 0.3%. Yeah, I'm definitely on the side of... 0.3%. I'm definitely on the side of playing on ACR or global over the app games. 100%. Mm. But I think that... like I think a lot of what you're saying is valid, but I'm a little bit confused of like where we're going with this conversation because it's like, how does this relate to the Annie Duke thing? I think you're saying it because it's like, well we're kind of regressing back to that time. Well, what I'm saying is that uh, it, it's it's ancillary to Annie Duke in the sense that it's directly correlated to the Full Tilt scandal. Full Tilt was a Ponzi scheme, and right. so are these app games. Uh, the difference is, is that the app games are charging infinitely more rake than Full Tilt was so to ensure that their asses are covered and they can keep the Ponzi alive. Yeah, yeah, and the DOJ is sure. not coming in to stop it. If Black Friday didn't happen, Full Tilt might still be in operation with a negative float. Like they, they operated for half a decade with negative float. They were literally taking tens of millions of dollars a year and distributing amongst the founders right. and then offering Fugazi money to the players, right? And basically saying like, you know, the, the, the response time for payments was predicated on how many people were cashing out versus how many people were depositing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they were in a growth period. So they, they were during the boom when they were getting more deposits than withdrawals and it worked. Yeah. yeah App games aren't, I mean, they're in a, a micro boom for sure but a lot of them are just raking so goddamn much that they can't have too many deposits like yeah. uh, outside of a run on the bank which will happen at some point right at some point something will happen where poker bros becomes either inaccessible to us or the doj steps in and says like this is a a, a ponzi scheme or whatever and at that point there's gonna be a run on the bank and you're gonna see hundreds of people going to their upline saying like we want our fucking money right. and he's just gonna stand there and shrug and say what money because there are no segregated funds. Nobody's pay paying the money up front. Anytime that like you don't have to post, you right. should be very weary of what the end game is because it's ultimately going to crash. And that brings me to the next piece of news that we have to report. In Houston, Legends Poker gets shot up from the parking lot. This is the second violent offense that they suffered in the last 
two months, weeks. three months, maybe. maybe I think less? it was like less than that. Yeah, yeah maybe less. Last month. I think it so la- yeah, actually, yeah, I think month. we were on the podcast already. We did. We talked about it. Uh, so it was like less than a month ago. We saw a security guard who's getting paid minimum wage, basically. I'm sure more, actually, but not enough to risk his fucking life. Yeah. An unarmed security guard wrestles an AK-47 away from an intruder. Shots were fired. Luckily, no one was hit. Now, fast forward a few weeks later, and there's an effective drive-by on uh, Legends Poker Room. Patrons of the place were quoted as saying, bullets were spraying through the room about chest high. Everybody was underneath the table. Uh, There are pictures and images showing like bullet holes in the TV. Uh, there were bullets on the table, like shell casings, whatever. Um, not a lot of details as to like why. This obviously to me seems like some sort of organized crime or like syndicate some sort of beef or, with the, with the owner. ownership. Yeah, some sort of beef with the owner for sure. Right, because like they weren't there to rob it. Right. Uh, they were there to this feels like this is a message is a of message. some sort. Right. Yeah, like like give me give me my cut. Right. So something's going on here, obviously, that, you know, there's violent acts taking place. And the insane thing is, is that people are still playing in this room. There are other rooms in Houston, right? First and foremost, there's other rooms. I know Rounders is, or maybe Rounders is San Antonio. The Prime? Oh, Prime. Yeah, Prime is in Houston. 52 or something? What's that? 52. 52. Oh, it did? I think they went to Austin now. Yeah. The thing is this, right? And this was part of the article, that people go to this room. Because it's the room with the most action according to Poker Atlas, which is what they use down there. So it's like, and how they get it is a little bit controversial based on like that sort of environment. It seems like the ownership, and this is all alleged based on the article we read, which is the ownership is like basically paying players to play and these players are staked. So they they fill up the room with these players. Now all of a sudden there's a bunch of games going. And this is how they kind of keep the whole thing, you know, afloat. So it's like they're going because it's the room with the action, right? So it's like, right, but like people still showed up at Borgata after the guy came in with the mask with the pig. You heard? Yeah, but like nobody was getting hurt. <laughs> I know. Like literal. I mean, it's no, different. This is nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's different between somebody brandishing a weapon and literal bullets flying. Yeah. Right. For sure. Like how fucking lucky that nobody got shot. Yeah. I mean, because here's the thing, right? Like shots ring out. Okay, those first few bullets are undetected. For sure, you're you're not ducking under the table until you actually hear, hear or see bullets right, right, right. or whatever, right? So like the fact that they shot into a crowded room and somehow managed to miss everybody is so insanely fortunate. I mean, like this is an act of God. This is variance to its highest degree. Like we're wit- we're witnessing a tail end event mm-hmm. because the probability there. If we're looking at a, a bell curve distribution, is that you know 66 percent of the time someone gets shot? Yeah, I mean this is a lot of people in the room. Right, right, like right. So it's just like okay, we we managed to escape this this one time. People are still showing up after it happened. One of the managers on shift was like shouting, asking if they still wanted to play cards <laughs> and to find a fucking <laughs> dealer. So deal, baby. Did, did they say yes? I, yeah, I mean, they de- no, it they were seemed playing. like yeah, they were, they were playing. Two tables oh were God. running. Yeah, they so it seems so like stuck. they have all these prop players who are just like the the hourly is worth more to them than their lives. Yeah, and then there's also probably the idea of like, well, black swan events don't happen back to back, so like. <laughs> 
somebody already shot up the room. Nobody's coming back to shoot up the room again. Where it's like, in your head, what you should have really been thinking is like, somebody just shot up the room. They're probably coming in to rob us now. There's clearly a target on this room, so. Why no? What do you mean? They just came in and robbed you. They're not going to come back. Hey, let's shoot up the yeah, room and then warn, come back to rob when the, the cops get here. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of situations where it's like, oh, job's not done. Like, right. they no just yeah. back around. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, right. You're just, just pretty vulnerable in. at that point, right? Like, Regardless, when are you, you would more think relaxed? that logic would tell you, well, there's a violent event just happened. Right, Maybe get the I fuck should, out of like, here. leave. Yeah. You're never more vulnerable than right after that. Like, you're relaxed and relieved that it's over. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's just like something else. Dude, it's not hard to turn the car back around. Yeah, it's right. happening. It's right. like people, your adrenaline is rushing. Right. You're trying no. to get out of the situation. Like you just don't want. Like you just shot up a fucking club. Like you don't want to be sitting there. That car is gone. <laughs> they never spit it. Right. It had to be the same car, not the Rob. Or the same people. All right, sure. Um, <laughs> but again, like tying all this together now with what we were talking about, app games. Like this is sort of the product of gray markets, right? Mm. This is a gray market at play. We're seeing an established business that is doing its damnedest to put forth security measures, but it's not a casino. Right. That just doesn't happen in a casino, right? It, it, yeah. No. There's just no reason for it to happen to a casino because who, who are you going to send a message to? A billionaire? It seems like people in the chat are saying, like, you know, some of these guys signed a non-compete, but then they opened a different card room under a different uh, name. Yeah. So there's some sort of beef right. going on here like, there's a lot of stuff that we don't really know. Right. And I guess that's my point. It's like that just doesn't happen at the corporate level, um, which is, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, there's some give and take. Like, you let the free market do its thing, and this is kind of a byproduct of it in some regards whenever you're dealing with an unregulated market, right? So the free market's beautiful whenever you're whenever you're talking about it in its purest form, in um, in a scenario where there's no gaming the system, there are uh, th there are no uh, threats of uh, security being breached or anything along those lines, right? Like basically when when everybody's free to police themselves and just allow the best product to win, mm -hmm. but that's just not. That's just not really very practical, right? That, that's, that's just a theoretical thing that doesn't exist in practice all that often. And that's why we, implore, that, that's why we implore regulation. You have, <laughs> you have to have the SEC. Otherwise, you'll have insider trading and a bunch of crooked shit happening well, at, at the corporate level. We do. I mean, it, 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 it's still, <laughs> but right, to a lesser degree. Yeah. Right, because SEC sanctions are actually real. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, it's, you're only the uh, like politicians and powerful people are allowed to do it is what it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's fair um the, the layman can insider trade apparently then somebody in the chat saying like this is literally houston this happens everywhere in houston well that right. guy we were playing with last night said that yeah well he was talking, in, about, he he was was talking about austin and he was austin, talking about a situation but he that said happened it happened all the ago, time there too yeah i think he's talking about something that happened more a long time ago in like oh. a private house game right but like again i i just don't think uh this is sustainable like no, this stuff just not. can't keep happening yeah. and everybody turns a blind eye to it and says like, oh, Texas poker is great. We I mean, actually, should, should I take there. that back because we still love Texas. It poker. happens in New York. Like it happens everywhere. Like everywhere well, the New York not... underground scene is a pittance compared to what it used to be. It's yeah, just, it's course. just all but non-existent. Yeah, it's not I the mean, same, there's just, there's it's not the same of, as like, when of course there's not. There's just a lot of little games now. It's that right. Like right but that's that's what you look at before extinction. The reason why it's a bunch of little games is because the only people who are willing to take on a ton of fucking risk are people that need small amount of money. No, it's only little games because there's no charge. You get no, there's a, it's a slap on the wrist where under also a byproduct like of it. That. But the whole point so that like, I'm trying to make is that 
it's been reduced down to something that's insignificant. Nothing is really taking place any longer. Like, you don't see the Mayfield Club. You don't see these big bodies similar to, like, Texas, where where you have these, like, established clubs that a lot of people frequent. And And that is kind of what happened. Like, it was, it was, it it pretty much, there was a, like a shootout or whatever, yeah, a, a gun violence offense in like one of those clubs. I don't know if it was PlayStation or it whatever. It was Straddle. Yeah. Yeah, Straddles. Right. And that was like a club that was really hot at the time and one of the clubs that like A-Rod was going to mm-hmm. with like Hellmuth or whatever. And then that's when there was like, oh no, like this can't be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, And then that's Right. And then there was a the whole thing with like Molly's game where a lot of people got pinched. You know, guys like yeah. Eddie Ting who was running, he was like the kingpin of New York. He got put out of business. 100%. I mean, like that's that's a product of of regulation stepping in, right? Yeah. And Texas isn't just going to let this be a free for all forever. Somebody's going to die. Multiple people are going to die at some point, right? Like, and it's already a super conservative state when it comes to gambling. So all this is doing is making a greater push or a greater demand, I think, for government to step in and casinos to start. Uh, yeah, this is a good. This is good marketing for casinos, right? Yeah. This yeah. is like, hey, like. Wow, Are what if it was a- the casinos that did it? Wow. <laughs> That's nice. That's some next level shit. I mean, like, if you're Tillman for Venetians out there, <laughs> spring of clubs. Yeah. Like, no, that's, uh, that's not that far off. Like, Sands tried to, tried to establish themselves in Texas and kind of got shut down around when Adelson died. But Tillman Fertitta, who owns the Rockets, uh, also owns the Golden Nugget and is mm. probably lobbying pretty fucking hard to get a casino put up in Houston. This is a really good leveraging point for him. I'm not, obviously not saying he's involved, but <laughs> I'm saying this is a good bit of fortune where it's just like, look, this shit's happening on the underground. Yeah, let me we have a terrible problem with the black market here. Let's just establish it and, and go legit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like that happens at the big money level, right? Guys like that are the ones who get involved. And I, I don't know, man. I, I see the, the, the problem is, is that Texas is very player friendly right now, right? Player friendly, you're saying? Yeah, very. break. Like right. player friendly to the point where I understand uh, people who aren't actually physically at risk wanting to put themselves at risk, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Oh, that's the other thing we forget. Three bet, uh, uh, what is it? Three bet panda. Yeah, just yeah. get shot in the fucking back. Oh, yeah, walking yeah. out of a Texas card house mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in Austin. Yeah. Everybody forgets that this kid was in the hospital th- three four years ago. Yeah, and granted, like he could have just let them rob him, but he decided thirty th- thirty thousand meant too much to him. Could have been right the time you know? right and it's just like you know there was there's no there's just nothing preventing this this is the easiest mark in the world for a criminal it really is an easy mark i, I mean yeah. it's just like big game on stream kid posting on ig basically telling his whereabouts how much money he has on him and when he's leaving mm-hmm. really is wild like these games are big yeah, yeah. Not, these games are these games are not small man. right like, like these games are you know we've played some 50 100 games like yeah, and, and it's, it's like advertised games, for weeks in advance. Like, right. how easy is it? I mean, this mark is just there for the picking. Funny it's enough, like, I went to, sorry, funny enough, I went to a private game in town, downtown Austin last month, and I felt more secure there than, like, inside clubs and stuff. But this is what we were saying. Be- right, like, they, don't, they don't put any fucking flyers up for this goddamn underground. Yeah, not all that. It's just, like, layers of, like, doors and, you're like, in whatever to get in. Yeah. This is what we were saying kind of last time with, with, with the private scene. Right. It's like, when you're in a high-rise... It's just harder to get the job done. I mean, they'll get it done, but yeah, it's just there's it's just, layers to this it's, shit. It's, it's there's more layers of of things they have to go through. Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, you know, especially with the news breaking that 
it looks like Texas Cardhouse has at least won their first appeal for Dallas. Uh, I don't know how permanent that is. It, it seems like they might still have some red tape to go through. But I think like as expansion continues, because the Austin market got saturated fast. Yeah. Like yeah. overnight, right? And uh, it'll be interesting, uh, especially like with Doug's involvement. I wonder how much of an easy out clause he has. Right, like I wonder how much of this is. Let's grow the lodge as fast as fucking possible, so I can wash my hands of it. I don't know. I man. mean, I you, think it's the other like. So, like, I was watching some, some Brad Owen stuff. I think, and he like they they have plans to like expand. No, yeah. I know they want to open other, but but man, that can turn very fast, right? Like, if you're planning on opening other locations, you're looking at Houston, you're looking at Dallas, you're looking mm -hmm. at San Antonio. And it's like, if the first thing that you notice is that there's a really high crime rate for all the clubs in Houston, That's tough. what are you going to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you, you don't necessarily want to enter that market, but it just becomes a matter of risk-reward too, right? Like, if you're a good businessman, you're going to say, okay, like, right. what's the probability someone dies and how much will that stain my, yeah. my uh, franchise or whatever? I mean, when it comes to lots, I mean, the tournament series is going to crank out enough money that they're going to... But that's my point. Like, if 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 he establishes this tournament series and basically owns the place for a year or so, and just ramps all the traffic through them, gives them the blueprint, and says like, "Look, this is getting too dangerous. I'm trying to exit." He just sells it a five x multiple and gets the fuck out, right? Like, you have to have that contingency if you're a guy like Polk, because the last thing you want to be dealing with is a, a shoot 'em up, yeah, bang spot. bang, kind, or a fight with lobbyists. Or a guy like Tillman Fertitta, uh, yeah. who's like trying to open up fucking casinos. Yeah, you know, it's like it has to be a short-term play. There's no way you're looking at this saying like, okay, like I'm going to create a, 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 a card house franchise for the right, next 15, of, 20 years. There's a lot just of seems like a free roll to him. Like, just like let's run a couple series, and get like in the next two years, first this two years, we'll get our it's investment back. Play. Huh? Yeah, it's but a short-term play because the well, long-term headwinds are are real. That's what is right. Right, like all, all of the risk comes at the end. The risk comes in year five through 10, not one through three. You know, yeah, there's right a risk. The market's off. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's an early risk that like you just won't establish, but like he basically bought into an already established brand and he yeah. has big branding power himself. Uh, so the idea is just like we can leverage this quick. It, it's, it's very much a short term play, in my opinion. But yeah, not to beat a dead horse, but like within that article in the Poker News, like, hey, Poker News, like, we're doing you some uh, solid right now. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, they were saying basically that they've had numerous reports of people like being followed home and robbed. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, it happens everywhere. That's the other argument. But it seems as if it's like they need to do either a better job of security or, or I don't know what. I don't even know. There's Safety aside, though, Texas needs. poker is so fucking player friendly. And that's the yeah. thing. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of money in the state. And, the rake, and, and the rake is a pittance. Like you're paying very, very little individually. So it's like you get to play thousands of hours of poker in really good fucking games, and it's costing you minimally, with the exception of risking robbery and risking your life. And like the robbery could be a big enough tax where like suddenly it doesn't feel all that worth it. Mm, yeah. Right? Like, I mean, I'm not trying to get shot and just playing. They were playing one, two. <laughs> or even just like getting robbed for thirty to fifty thousand, it's like suddenly you're paying a whole oh, goddamn lot. Someone in the chat yeah, said they get they get five five ten and ten and twenty five fifty twenty five fifty regularly. Yeah, there. that's why that's why people show up. Also, why they're getting shot up a bunch. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of money in the room, you know. Right. Um. All right, let's get to the main talking piece, which is 
strange considering that felt like a main talking piece. Um, we're <laughs> we gonna talk strategy. We got talking pieces up in here. Yeah, we're 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 gonna talk strategy for the day. Uh, this week's high stakes. Uh, did you guys get a chance to watch high stakes poker this week? I watch it every. I saw a um, one hand. Same. Okay, so he saw <laughs> the hand. I see it every Monday. Uh, big. This was a pretty big episode. So they switched from 200 400. They brought in uh, Bryn Kenny and somebody else joined the lineup, right? Negranu. No, Negranu oh, no. was already there. Bro. Yeah, that's right. He was there. How many episodes are you behind? <laughs> I'm just guessing. <laughs> How many yeah, are we, there? We lost, <laughs> uh, we lost Schwan. We gained Bryn. JRB? JRB's in. Yeah. We like gained was... JRB. We lost uh, the Slot King. Yeah. Uh, that's it, really. Was that it? Him. Those were the only two changes? So. Yeah, Chris is still there. Garrett's still there. Tony's um, still there. Is he? No, Antonius is out. What? Oh. That's Chris. That's, no, that's Chris. That's Chris. He's been there the whole time. Uh, yeah, Antonius is out, but they are playing seven-handed, so maybe they were playing eight-handed before. That would make sense. Yeah, I think so. Um, but it's now... F oh, Ivy's in. Oh, of How could we forget the goat? Oh, he, goat. he didn't play any fucking hands. Yo, the first fucking hand... He it, it folds to him and he's like thinking with Queen Ten off and Bryn's already already raising. He <laughs> <laughs> just like looks at him and mucks. Um I do want to talk a little about that. It's just like we forget, like you know, these 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 lineups were curated where like Ivy was like absolutely 10x better than the next person and could just wipe the floor, play all the hands. Like it's not like that anymore. Like he has to a little bit like he has to play a little tighter and a little bit. Because he's not, like, we have to accept it. Like, he's not the best absolute end boss of all bosses. And that, that goes for Dirt, too. Like, a lot of people are complaining, like, oh, these guys are tight. It's like, no, they're just normal now. Yeah. Like, they're playing good ranges. I mean, they used to be able to just, like, play whatever and outmaneuver everybody. They would just, like, three-bet you with the 8-6 offsuit and just make it happen. Yeah. All right, because Her Letterer would just, like, not go all in. He would flat and try to make an ace or a king. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. All right, first of all, uh, Dur is not tight. Uh, I have some things to say about. I'm saying things, what people some things say. that I saw. Sure, sure, sure. People say they're tight. Uh, Dur is definitely not tight. You will see some cold calling of three bets in this game. Um, you see that in uh, a lot of the high stakes games, though. I feel like I don't know. Yeah, because they're fucking it. good games. They they oh, are just like okay. people are getting out of line, and, I, and that's what my main focus is going to be on today. Of uh, what I think. Garrett is doing as an adjustment. He actually just may always do this, but like it's just blatantly fucking obvious to me. And I'll be curious to see how the rest of the season plays out to see if anybody adjusts. He does have Dirt to his left. He has, uh, I think the three people with direct position on him are Krish, Dur, and JRB, if I recall. Or maybe it's Tilly. JRB's. I think oh, no, 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 Jeremy's no, no. yeah, like directly across yeah, from him. Yeah. So I think it's like, I think it's actually Tilly, Krish, and, yeah. and Durr. Um, no, 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 no. Tilly's for sure on his right because he three bets Tilly's her on his right. piles. Yeah. So it's Krish, Durr, I think, think Jeremy is on his left. It's just across the table. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy's in the two. I think Garrett's in the five or six. Um, but anyway, um, we have some screenshots of a handful of spots that uh, Garrett played in this past episode. Okay. And it's just blatantly fucking obvious. That he's just going after the soft spots. Like, so abundantly clear. I, I don't know why you're smiling at me. He, he goes hard. He three bets. It's just like, he goes hard. Yeah, okay, let's see. Well, she's <laughs> just nuts all day. Like, 
Yeah, but like he's also just getting away with a lot. So first, okay. first and foremost, he three bets. Um, Krish, I believe. Yeah, Krish opens. He three bets with pocket sevens. Uh, which, whatever you you could say this is standard, but like sevens flats, especially in these environments, like at a pretty reasonably high frequency. I, yeah, but. I think this is a pretty standard three yeah. bet versus. Well, it's a part of a three bet range right? for sure. But yeah. I'm saying like you're not going to see it like three bet ninety percent. No, 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 no. Uh, it does a, it does a fair amount of flying, especially like when you're in a relatively you soft environment. Isolate. What you're saying he is you want to isolate Chris. Right. That's hundred percent. Right. So he's clearly going after Chris a little bit there, uh, and it works out as you know. Obviously, JRB would have had a three bet hand with King Queen on the button, um, but in any event, he wins that pot. Right. Then we see him get, uh, I believe, the next hand. Basically, these are all three-bet pots. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, prior to that, though, is the next one the king-jack, Andre? Okay, so this hand's interesting to me. Uh, this ends up being a six-way flop where... Who opened the action here? Negreanu is in the big blind. Okay, so JRB opens with ace-jack of hearts. Uh, he gets called by Krish, by Tilly. Garrett calls king-jack off from the small, which... Again, it's very exploitative. Like, this is a fold in tough environments. Yeah. But, like, I'm with him. I'm just never mucking here. Call it disrespectful. Call it what you will. But it's more so because you get to do fuck shit after the flop and leverage all these positions against one another, right? He also finds a card, yeah. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, he gets uber fucking lucky, of course. <laughs> he also finds a card, yeah, that helps. But the way the hand ended up playing out, it comes jack-7-3 rainbow. He leads flop into five players or something like that. JRB with ace-jack in a backdoor, just calls, turns a king, and I think, like, this is where it gets fascinating, <laughs> right? So, like, instinctually, obviously, we're already out on on an island the, we don't we don't play leads really in a five-way spot here especially with a hand like top top After pair of good calling everybody right okay but now we have the pot heads up now we get into a more established area where it's like we have the betting lead Wait, That's are we all really we talking to. like real shit right now yeah all right, all right let me put my let me put the bat down okay oh, <laughs> so now the turn king comes off so and let me, let me get into the yoga pose and <laughs> shit the turn king peels off all right yeah right exactly. after jrb has just peeled the jack seven three board mm -hmm. and we already took the betting lead on flop. Yeah. What easy check. Right. So I agree. Yeah. But if we check, what's our, what's our plan? Just get him to try to bluff hands and check call and or then check also raise. Check, check call, protect check call range. And then so that's where yeah. I'm at, right? Yeah. What I was thinking initially is like, okay, this is a layup check because that's a range advantage card for his floats. Mm -hmm. And he's going to have so many fucking bets. It's insane. But then yeah. I'm thinking like, well, then how the fuck do I get all the money in? Because if I check call, River's going check check almost always. Uh, I mean, if he has king queen, ace king, aces, like he's going to bet. I think JRB will remember Garrett led into five people. Correct. So we're not in a normal heads up situation. Agreed. He will always be cognizant of the fact that sets exist in that range mm -hmm. and yeah. that they're a relatively larger concentration. So though I agree with you, he'll bet the turn relatively widely. I think he overly. I think he bets the river way too narrow. Mm. Like I would expect there to be, I would expect river to both be under bluffed and under value bet. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's obviously that's a big assumption though. It is, you but I, I mean, I have a lot of reps. You have a lot of reps with him, but I don't, Garrett doesn't. So Garrett's just kind of playing. Like, yeah, but he, no, he does actually. Oh, Jeremy okay. played a lot in the, in the Zach game. Oh, I that, see. I see. Garrett I see, made I see, I see. his fortunes from. Okay. Um, he knows Garrett. He, he definitely knows Jeremy's okay. game. Well, uh, so yeah, it's like, it's a, it's this weird thing where it's like, instinctually, I agree. 
definitely a check spot. But then thinking about it more, it's like, well, our range is just polarized. Almost based off the fact that we bet the flop to begin with. Yeah. And I don't know that checking really does a lot for us, except for the fact that JRB actually makes a mistake and bets a hand he shouldn't. Or a big size. For a big size. Yeah. So he bets like 66% pot with ace-jack now. Mm-hmm. And Jer- or, uh, Garrett chooses to raise 3x. Yeah, I just don't really see... It looks so strong it, after he leaves. I would fold ace king in, in, in Jeremy's spot. Yeah, I, I yeah. think I think Jeremy gets to just fold all one pair hands like fairly easily. It, I don't see Garrett having a constructed lead into five people check raise balanced range at all ever. Well, I, I I'm not saying that he wouldn't be capable of it. No, he's uh, but it's just like yeah, I, I agree. Like it's ambitious. Especially whenever you're setting what, up, what like... Hand, what hand? It also Queen just 10? happens so I mean, it could be, like, ace-10 off. It could be, like... Yeah. These are some real... Like, like 10-8 like suited. 10-8 suited makes sense, I guess. Yeah, you flop but a like, gutty. You turn a double you're gutty. You're going to lead with, an, with right. two unders, like, <laughs> on the board. What would be the lead? Yeah. Like, well, well you're just hoping to see... Be, I actually think this is a viable play with a gut shot specifically uh, like that on the flop because... Oftentimes what happens in the multi-way pots is weaker opponents aren't cognizant of the fact that you're supposed to bet small multi-way. Mm-hmm. And I think that like had it checked to JRB, we might see something like half pot to 75% Does Garrett pot. Go small on the flop? Yeah. He bets like third pot. Oh, actually, no. That was the other thing. He bet half. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So his sizing was a little bit on the larger side. Uh, Bro, this anyway. is pretty shaky by Garrett, honestly. Like... You know, I have mad respect for Garrett's game, but like the half pot lead check raise on the turn king with like it's just nuts. It's yeah. just nuts. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just almost it always like going to be set. relatively nuts. Like it just looks like a set. Yeah, it's it's a protection range that led flop and then in some way, shape, or form has improved turn. Whether or not it was like a flop set, and you know, you recognize the king is good for him, so you check. I think even Garrett would know that this is like not theory. No, probably right. I mean, the thing is, so like, it, it just started in a step-by-step progress, right? So it's like, I'm five ways with top pair that's vulnerable. I'm going to take the lead. I do that, get called by the preflop aggressor. Now a range card comes off for him, so I check. He bets, mm-hmm. and now it's like, well, I have top two. What was, SP- what was the turn SPR? What's that? What was turn SPR, big? A- after the raise, it would, it would set up one. Oh. But they're deep. But before the raise, it was... Prior like- to the raise, they were deep. So it was like, yeah. I think they were like 250K effective, and the pot was 24K. Okay. Oh, yeah. So like 10? Yeah. So it's sort of like you're running out of time to get more money in. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you want to just be shoveling money in because yeah. you have a really good fucking hand and you just hope Jeremy's not a non-believer. I, I think like maybe uh, the answer just lies in either taking a bet, bet, bet line because that's where all your bluffs are going to fall or um, potentially check raising a lot smaller. I, I, think I was the, thinking maybe a small, really, really small check raise on turn. Only because he'll fall for it so in the sense that like he probably won't fold. But I see Jared B make thing. folds like this all the fucking time, confidently. Where it's like, you know, he bets like twenty thousand into twenty five, and you make it like fifty, and he's just like, huh, nice hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, show me the fucking bluff, man. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you. Maybe the. We already started in this like weird exploitative line. So maybe like shifting back into some sort of theory sense is Potentially just a balanced. mistake. Like we should just be like, well, yeah, I yeah, already I'm started not, here. I'm not arguing to try to protect range here. I'm more so making an argument of not being so obvious that we're nutted. 
Oh, we're very obviously we're nutted. Right. Like, like that's why I think like bet, bet, bet just outperforms because at least you carry your bluffs through that way. Right. It's really tough to show up with a bluff once you go bet, check, raise. Yeah. <laughs> he has no I, I, you I, have to be really fucking creative, right? Or just have like a lot of face equity going on. Yes. No, I, well, I, does. Think, does I think Gary just equity. has no bluffs in this spot. I'm, I'm, I'm running sure. that fucking line against JRB specifically. I'm doing it. And you know what? It's not going to fucking work. I'm going to report back. <laughs> I'm going to report back and I'm going to tell you guys that I led with queen 10 and a backdoor on that board four ways. JRB peeled me. Turner was a king. I checked and I 3x check raised and he just fucking call called. <laughs> and I jammed the river on He's a deuce like and aces, he just snaps bro, and aces. shows me ace jack. Because yeah. like we have a different relationship. <laughs> yeah, I, I see where you're going with this though. Like Garrett playing a little bit outside the box. These kind of spots. I like it though. Like I think that this outperforms whatever theory you would try to apply to a five-way spot. Like, sure, in this particular there are instance, situations where that turns just like a, a deuce, and he just gets punished for playing that. He hand. doesn't though. I don't think he what checks. He well, he checks. He's gonna and he's gonna call. He might. He's gonna. I, here's the thing. I think that this is the line work where we start to see those hero folds out of Garrett. Like I think turns a deuce. He checks. And when JRB starts to like really size up in this spot, he just recognizes that he has the ace jack plus advantage and does not ever like lose a pile in this particular well, spot. I'm not saying he just that's necessarily a function of, of, of JRB taking a wrong size, right? Because it's like once not necessarily. JRB takes initiative on a super dry texture, he doesn't need to size up. He agreed, has, agreed. Like, but a big bet is going to come through at some, at some point. He should start the it's bet more on of a, turn. It's with, more of a function yeah. of the fact that like we just... As good players, we're just going to understand that guys like Jeremy are going to be imbalanced, right? Okay. That, that's where yeah. it's coming from. It's not. Yeah, it's mean, not Garrett's the sizing not particularly. Floating with three people behind them, that's for sure. You mean Jeremy? Sorry, yeah, Jeremy's not going to be like overly floating with three people behind them. No, nobody's behind him. Garrett cleared everybody out, and he's going to float. Oh wait, no, no, you're right. Christian right. Tilly are behind him. Right, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Two people behind them, whatever. Like he's not just going to. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to pull behind him. You never know what Chris is going to do. That's true. And he, his favorite <laughs> hand is Jack Eight suited, so he might just be fucking on this board. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm on the. I think he's going to pay a bet for sure on the turn. And I then agree. On the river, I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if he had check called three, versus like taking the lead check, check the sideline. I don't necessarily think that like he's going to lose more in the in the lead check check the sideline than he would in the check call check call check call line. Yeah, because ultimately what the lead does is bound JRB more often to where he has fewer bluffs now in future streets and you have a lot more clarity. And that's kind of JRB's a good gonna thing. JRB's going to have fewer bluffs no matter what line happens because he's not just going to four-way bomb into, into a multi-way pot. Like, well, right, but if he just, you don't know that. If he just starts off with a bet, any bet, and you're the only caller, now whatever range he's carried forward to the turn is free to do as it pleases. Yes, but that range that range is will be similar. Very... No, Berkey, that range has to be somewhat similar to the range that calls the bet because maybe because he's still betting into it, the whole enemy. Right, but unit. I think you could bet a hand like Ace Ten with a backdoor where he's not going to float that hand. Okay, that's one. Hand. Uh, it's one candidate, right. but I'm, I'm using it as a representation of like a cluster of hands that exist. That it's okay. tough to say. Like Jeremy's sticky. Like let's not let's not sell no, him no, short. For sure, he's gonna. I think he calls King Queen of Hearts. I think he calls Eight Nine for the nut gutter. I think he calls Ace yeah. King. I think yeah, yeah, I think yeah. there are hands he definitely calls. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But now the question is like does he turn those hands into bluff when checked to? Right. I don't know. Well, none of them are even really bluffs at that point. Like some of them are just raw equity that you know probably mix and then others are like Ace King turn top pair type of stuff. 
It's just that the world is just chosen for fucking Garrett. Like, <laughs> why doesn't the turn just come a deuce so that we can see? Well, it's kind of hot, though. What, he he what does a Jeremy off the hook. Let's see what happens. You know? <laughs> like, Let's play it out. Um, the next couple of hands uh, are, again, like him clearly going after Tilly. Uh, so she opens. He three bets threes. Uh, and, oh, sorry. First, he three bets five three suited. She four bets. He calls. Bro, I, get, I would get fucking run up the post <laughs> if I played this hand versus Tilly. It, for you, it's like ace, ten, king, flop. Well, I mean, to be fair, for him, it was queen, jack, oh, jack, was rainbow. Oh, was it? I didn't, I didn't um, even see this hand. But, but no, I'm saying like that hand would somehow be on a forum. Oh, and yeah. my head would just be plastered on like three bet five high, not connected, <laughs> and then peel the four right. bet. <laughs> I would get fucking crucified. He teaches an academy. <laughs> but like, I think it's relatively fine, right? Like, it's clear what his strategy is. I mean, it's losing. It's definitely losing small. Maybe not exactly because the next right? hand we see is Garrett three betting threes versus Tilly, where she opened under the gum of four deuce of diamonds and peels <laughs> and not only does she peel the board comes ace high with one diamond and she finds a check fold oh sorry it came ace uh, five she, high yeah, she, my apologies she, she flopped the gutter yeah it came ace five high one diamond and she just check folds to a c-bet yeah that was a little weak but well my point is is that like it's tough to just say that when you step out a line of the charts that it's definitely losing because it definitely may not be. Like, if yeah, he stacks her, her every time he outflops her with the 5 3. Yeah, but. And then check folds every time he, like, flops a pair, but just knows that she's how King's often plus. flop her with 5 3. It's hard, dude. It is hard. Like, it's I mean, super hard. Yeah, you're going to flop trips, flushes, <laughs> straights. You know, it happens. It's come King 3 3 every once Straight in a while. Flushes. It happens. <laughs> I, I mean, I think the three bet, they're, they're mega deep, right? Yeah, they're, they're, they're like a quarter million deep. Yeah, so they're playing. At least 300 bigs, I yep. would say, right? Oh, uh, no, no, no. They're playing 501K, so like 250. Okay, 250. Okay, like three bets is definitely ambitious, but he's way better. I think the you biggest know, problem is his three bet size is big, but it has to be in this environment because it's 3X open, everybody's splashy. If he makes it 7,500, he's going to get fucking cold called by JRB at some to point. 10. Three he went 11. 10. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, fine. It's a little big, but sure. I'm just saying it's reducing SBR a lot whenever you're only 250. I mean, she three bets kind of small, though. I think I remember her, him going to 11 and she going to like 33 or 32. Yeah. And at like 250 bigs out of position, she should be going pretty big. Like she should be going there like 38, something like that at that stack depth. Like she definitely doesn't want to. Probably be doesn't like, matter a ton. Her going to 32 or 33 is going to get peeled all day. Yeah, but I'm saying like. She gets no folds. But she, right, but she has kings. It's not well, like that's yeah, her standard size. We're talking size. about range, Berg. I understand. Like, we're also talking about Gentilly. Like she's gonna do what her hand decides to do. God bless Gentilly. I mean, she that. That's that, not an insult. It's just you know, it's it's you play enough reps with people, and it's like that's that's what you're often gonna see. Yeah. So I think I think her range should be going closer to 38 or, or around that area. Yeah. And then, but that's unfair to yeah. say because like there's gonna be sprinkles of four bets in there that she will just absolutely never make. Like, like, there's going to be a sprinkle of a six. There's going to be a sprinkle of a suited connector. There's going to be a sprinkle of, like, these hands. When I say sprinkle, I'm talking, like, three to ten percent. She's rolling that ten ball. <laughs> <laughs> she's hitting that roll, and it landed on a seven, my, and she got the nine six suited. My point is, is that, like, it's probable that it's just going to be a linear four-bet range. And I think it's a polar four-bet range. I don't think she's four-betting King Jack suited. 
I agree with you. Yeah. When so. I'm saying linear, I'm just mainly talking like pairs down, ace king, ace queen. Oh, I see. I see. I think you, uh, so. You're saying it she's looks four like betting, the arrow. She's four betting. Uh, like you're saying she might four bet like eights. No, no, no. Too wide. Uh, I'm saying that like, like nine seven. No, I, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't. Th I don't think she has bluffs. I don't so think she has bad hands. When I say linear, I'm saying like it just no, looks like that that arrow where it's just corner. like ace queen plus, at like a low frequency, mostly ace king plus. Well, she just has nuts. Yeah, just like <laughs> okay. queens, kings, yeah. aces. Maybe she gets a little out of line because fuck Garrett and it's like tens or jacks. Okay, jacks I get it. Like, okay. That, this is the way that like. You know, at the end of the day, if you're not spending a ton of to say. Like, if you're not spending a ton of time on solvers, you logic your way through the problem in real time, right? And the way to the, the way to logic through that is to look at your hand and say like, okay, he's too aggressive, and this hand has certain properties. Got and it. by certain properties, it means I think this hand is best right now. Yeah. So let's yeah, shovel yeah. money in. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she did have kings. Right. And she has the Simpsons behind her. Right. So she's and good. she didn't four bet the four do suited. <laughs> no. But continued. Which kind of doubles down on my point that I don't think it's a polar range. Got it. So this is the range you're saying she has. Something, much. something yeah, to that effect. I think that's fair. Right? I mean, the biggest thing is, like, when we see the four do suited peel, it's clear that, like, it's not being constructed in a polarizing way because what worse hand are you going to have? Yeah, four deuce. I mean, she's just trying to make a hand. I yeah, she it. wants to flop big. I get it, man. That's how I fucking play cards. Let's see three. <laughs> Let's flop big, baby. Yeah. Let's flop big and then get creative. We'll figure it out from there. Just so. She's so rich. I love it. Um. So the big talking point then ultimately becomes a multi-way spot between Garrett and JRB that ends up in close to all in by the river. Uh, this hand was pretty fascinating because I think there are some things, again, from an exploitative sense that we can really glean from this spot that we're not really going to see in theory because, well, who the fuck can run a four-way spot or a five-way spot, whatever it was. Um, this deep, Andres, too. What's that? This deep, too. Right. Like yeah, yeah. There are like 300 blinds of We don't have the computer shit. downstairs? Oh, we're only pulling it out for the academy. Stay tuned for later. Yeah, that's for the server. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, run that clip, Gondre. You play snooker game? You start that on TV in England. No, but right now on... Snooker go. <laughs> they're talking about poker. That's all they talk about. Adelstein raises to 4,000 with his king tennis spades. And here's Tom Duan with a pair of eights. A lot of people have complained that we don't have enough snooker talk on the show. <laughs> No, so you can make three kinds of points on that. You can make what's called an in-off. Uh, how much is four thousand? All right, enough is enough. Where enough. Let's see what happens in this hand. Jack seven nine. JRB's got jacks. Garrett's got a double belly buster. And Juan still has eights, and Chris still has fours. Then you can do what's called a cannon, where you hit one ball. And your ball hits the other ball. And also, he's got more snooker talk, <laughs> which I can never get enough of. <laughs> and you keep going till you can't make either a cannon. Adelstein bets nine thousand. Keep going. Juan's coming along. He would love to beat Garrett. And JRB's in. He's got top pair. Juan would make a straight with a ten. But here's a queen, which gives Garrett Adelstein the best hand known to man. 
at this point in time. And JRB has got top two pair, so there's going to be some trouble in River City. Adelstein bets $20,000. As deliberate as ever. We don't have shot clock today? I tried. <laughs> Dwan Pass is a little comment. Remember he used to say in Brooklyn, he passed the comment? <laughs> yeah. He passed the comment. JRB called, and now let's see what Garrett does and how long he takes on the river here. That three was a safe, safe card. JRB still has top two pair, and Garrett has the nuts. JRB says, do something, bro. Tom Juan's leg is working overtime. Ooh, 125,000, Gabe. How much? 125,000, JRB. Insta call. Garrett put JRB on the right hand, made an oversized bet, aggravated him a little bit, too, and won the money. You play snooker game? All right, so there's a lot to dissect here. Um, let's breeze through some of the obvious theory mistakes because I don't think they're that important, but I, I, I do want to touch on them. Uh, Free flop? Yeah, so first and foremost, like obviously uh, at this depth, JRB peeling Queen Jack off on the button becomes problematic versus an early position raiser, especially when that early position raiser is Garrett it's and he bad. covers. It's just bad, but it's fine against... Other There's weaker, half weaker the players. table that it would have been fine against. Yeah, I would never fold <laughs> Queen Jack off versus any of the non-pros. Correct. Like, I would just play the hand, especially on the button. Like, right, and I, I actually probably, like, would. this is no offense to Durr, but I probably wouldn't fold to Durr either. Uh, and I probably wouldn't fold to JRB. It's not disrespectful, it's just he That's plays just too many hero. goddamn hands and he plays them too weird. All right, so but you probably three-bet him then. Possible. No, bit. I wouldn't squeeze though. Like, uh, I'm not squeeze. Like, well, I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, I see. You, you want assuming Christian. that it's three way the same way that Gar or the JRB was faced. Yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, I see but in this particular instance, I think he's better served to three bet or or fold. I think and I think folding want, is best. I th yeah. Folding's definitely best, but I don't think three betting is is better just because Chris is in the pot and you probably want to keep Chris in the pot. It's fine, but just, like, I, I I just think this hand can't. Play very well. I, I agree. I guess I mean, like I, I guess I think calling is just like so bad in this particular spot against. I Durr think keeping Krish in is better than three bet. Agreed. But but whatever. It, uh, it's, yeah, it's it it's so matter. negligible because yeah. we're dealing with Durr and, and yeah, Garrett yeah, yeah, yeah. now. There's, really, there's also the fact that you have two of the best of all time behind. Right, you. and that's also a reasonable idea to not three bet this hand and play an inflated pot. But anyway, that's obviously a theoretical error. Yeah, uh, Krish, the way the hand played out, Krish limped, Garrett isolated. Dara calls, JRB calls, Chris calls. Um, we see a flop of Jack 8, 7, two clubs. Nine. Or sorry, Jack 9, 7, two clubs. Now, Garrett with King 10 suited here, uh, in theory, four ways, I would, I, I would imagine this is a pure check spot. I'm not. I don't I think personally, we have in, in my game right now, I would never bet this hand. Like, 0%. Okay, I, I agree with you in a vacuum. Uh, I actually really love his bet here. And I, I, I'm going to need 
Okay, a detailed so essay. The 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 <laughs> the simple reason why I love his bet here is because you don't get raised. That's you, not true. Nowhere near enough. Nowhere near enough. Like, sure, ten eight raises, but one combo of ten eight is clubs, and that hand's gonna slow play. You block ten eight of spades, so now there's literally only two combinations of nuts that are willing to raise, and you have redraw value versus it. Secondly, sure. Some sets could exist, like nines or sevens, but jacks are almost certainly not, uh, not really a part of this texture. I think I think you're I think you're like not giving enough credence to the to the bluff brain, like queen ten of clubs, ace ten of clubs, nine x of clubs. I do agree that they exist. I don't think that they play aggressively often enough. I, I think again, in theory, okay. you're okay. correct, and that's why we oh, don't I bet. See, I see. So you're saying I'm talking about in practice in this in this lineup versus these opponents. I think Garrett gets raised here like sub five percent. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and I think that that's really common in high stakes. If we go back and watch hustler footage for, you know, watch hundreds of hours of Hustler footage or thousands of hours alive at the bike, we can find profiles that are, are akin to JRB and to Durr and to Krish. And hell, we can even find them playing the games themselves. And I would wager that over like a 10,000 hand sample or whatever the case may be, similar spots to this, just play mostly passive. Okay, so basically we think that between... I... I... I don't think Chris is going to slow play any strong draw. Agreed with you. Um, so, yes. But he limp called, so like... Correct. So, like, it's a little... He doesn't have, like, the ace, ten of clubs. Correct. Ten of clubs. And we have thing. position on him moving forward. Right. So, we could just bet call pretty easily versus Correct. the position. I agree with you on, on mostly... The other JRB. reason why I... Yeah. Well, so there's two other subtle reasons as to why I like a bet. Number okay. one, what I mentioned earlier, where we're likely to face a much larger bet than the price we actually lay to the field because people play multi-way pots very weird. There's only one person behind you, though. Two. No. Durr and Jeremy. Oh, I thought Durr... No, Jeremy's the button. Correct. Durr's in the middle. Durr's in the middle. Okay, got it. Sorry. So it's just more, more likely that we'll face like somewhere between half pot and full pot from one of those two players. So does Garrett block flop here? Yeah. That's good. Agreed. So like him getting to set the price is really nice. Uh, and then the, the most subtle thing that I think goes overlooked is Dirt puts in money stone dead. Yeah, Dirt's peels a little bit. Stone dead. I love Dirt. Bro. bro, stone dead. <laughs> bro, stop talking like that about Dirt. Yeah. <laughs> he had like 1% equity on this flop. I think you, I think you don't well, like the had, fact that I like... Saw, he just saw Pear and Gutshot and... He doesn't know that Garrett has King Ten. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Why would he have any he's idea that the guy who opened pre and led on the flop maybe <laughs> has a better he's, hand? He also has Garrett. a backdoor quad draw, guys. He is yeah, also he just winning against Garrett's draw. hand. He doesn't crazy. Right, right. Of course, <laughs> of course, against that singular hand, he's. Wi this is what I'm getting at, though, with like the multi-way facet of uh, of poker. People play it very poorly. Yeah. Right. Everybody, myself included. Like, I'm not trying to stand on some sort of platform of judgment and say like oh i've never done anything bad in multi-way pots of fucking course i did it's also like very under bluffed multi-way right right so it's just like his his bet in general is very polarizing in nature and that's the other reason why it doesn't get raised it's like we expect him to be leading when he has 10-8 we expect him to be leading when he has sets yeah. so like why doesn't Dirt bluff eight if he blocks 10-8 well, it's because Garrett probably just has a fucking set or a hand like Jack-10 with a backdoor or hands that are literally never fucking folded. They're splitting, yeah. all right? He had red eights, so he's not raising. 
and the black gates are raising. Okay? I don't even know that peeling <laughs> black gates would be like justified, but red eights is for sure. I mean, no, even if an pull. eight comes on the turn, it's like not You're amazing. Okay, he made a mistake. Like you're peeling for the ten. Yeah. That's the crazy right. part to me. It's like you know he's betting king queen. He's right? tilted. That Garrett's taking too long. Right. <laughs> right. Garrett tagged too long before the C bet. He's like, I'm gonna fuck this guy one way or another. Uh, but inevitably, uh, inevitably, all he did was fuck JRB. Also, eights are very lucky in the Asian culture. That's okay? true. Yeah. He has to play. He's, been he's been playing spending a lot, a lot of time with with the Asians. Yeah. Okay. His his peel is a giga punt for sure. That that aside. Uh, or not that aside, because I, I do think that that's a programmed part of the C-bet, right? He didn't bet nothing. Like, I think if Garrett's betting ace-10, it's significantly worse. Uh, but, like, betting king-10, where you're literally drawing to the stones, and you have this person in between who can potentially be putting in money pretty fucking bad. Like, between all three players left, uh, this board allows them to put in money pretty fucking bad. Maybe not against you specifically, but against the field, right? Now, after Durr's call, JRB's... Left with a decision. He has top pair uh, and a backdoor flush, backdoor straight draw. I don't think he has any choice but the overcall. Definitely not great, though. Like, you're not loving this spot, but I guess with the queen of clubs in your hand. You don't really fear the queen peeling off as being bad. It's like you're either against 10-8 or you're not, right? Like, you don't expect there to be too much king-10. I mean, king is definitely present from Durr. Durr, yeah, but, like, uh, <laughs> assuming that Durr doesn't take the lead on the turn. Well, also just the fact that you're... It's Whatever. a shit spot. We're, we're, it's it's a just shitty a spot. shitty spot because nothing's really good. Like the Queen of Clubs, like you feel like it's a good card, but it's also a bad card because you're blocking your opponent's bluffing region. So it's like the, having a queen. Well, it's kind of good because now you get check raise less, which is nice. Yeah, but like what? Like the Queen of Clubs is such a key card in Garrett's bluffing region that having it in your hand, I think, becomes bad. When you're right. catching. Right. Yeah, it's weird because it's like, okay, well, Chris isn't going to check raise as much now because I have this card. Yeah. But also now Garrett doesn't have mm -hmm. King Queen of Clubs. Garrett's Queen just like of clubs. slightly shifted. Both players actually between Garrett and Durr have slightly shifted their range to just having better hands than you. Right. Because even Durr will just have like King Jack of Diamonds or whatever. Like just a hand that like is probably better than your hand. For right. the most part, he's not supposed to have eights. But I guess the point is, is that the queen is is very certain to be good at a high frequency, and the jack may be good some of the time. The problem is that you never get paid when the jack peels off, and you lose a whole fucking lot of money when it does, and, and you're behind. Well, your jack's not entirely always good too, but that's a no, no. I, I, yeah. I said some of the time. But, oh, I see. I see but I see. my point is, is, like when it comes off, you don't feel as confident as when the queen comes off. I think he can fold his hand. Okay, like. I, Bet call in front of you. You have the queen of clubs in your hand. Your, your kicker is like, your out is not even that clean all the time. Do I expect him to fold? No, no of course I, not. But like, I think it's a reasonable fold. Yeah, I mean, I would appeal to his hand there, to be quite honest. We know, Berkey, you're not folding. <laughs> but like, I think that it's reasonable. Do I? I think it's reasonable. Okay. I mean, I think, yeah, obviously. But again, like anybody who's calling pre isn't really fully. If he flop. had a queen of diamonds in his hand, I think it's a, f I, I think it's better. Sure. That's it. Like I yeah, would yeah. be like, yeah, definitely fine call. Yeah, I think clubs, that's fair. I think like, it's fair. Okay, I might just. I guess my point is like, if he's calling pre with a hand that should. No, of course. He's obviously not folding. I'm not, I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So now Chris obviously folds. He has pocket fours, gets out of there. Uh, which shockingly, he has higher equity than Durr. So he probably could have found a continue some of the time. 
this card again like he sh just should not be betting this card at a high frequency so this should be relatively scary yeah immediately if he puts another bet like i want to see these bluffs that garrett is supposedly just like i think he can show up with bluffs but i think it's going to be it's 10x so of clubs hard. it's it's going to be 10x of clubs specifically it's going to be some queen 10 because here's the thing all right this is my point Here, here's where i wait 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 here's where i think it, he messes this spot up a little bit is that he's choosing a size that allows him to still have queen 10 in range where that hand never has to bet. I know queen. I, that's my point. That hand never has to bet, right? He's never betting queen. Right. Seven. So, like, if you're in Garrett's shoes and you're thinking about the collective range between the two players, because we're exploitative now. We're, we're on a fucking island. We already chose to bet into a four-way situation with a gut shot mm -hmm. or a double gutter, and we fucking peeled it, right? So now we're on an island, and now we have to just think explicitly, what does my hand want to do, and what do my opponent's range want to do his reaction, right? And what we can look at that texture and deduce is what the really strong hands are. We weren't raised on the flop, so no one has 10-8. Nobody else has a straight, or, or sorry, nobody else flops no a straight. No one has 10-8 outside of 10-8 of clubs. Right. right. So 10-8 is almost non-existent. Okay, yeah. what's their next most probable hand? Well, king-10, but whatever. Like we're, We don't make any money from that because we're chopping. Okay, so now the next hand class that exists are sets in two pairs. And pair plus piece. Right, and pair plus piece. And those all pay an exorbitant price when yeah, you bet. like the Jack-10. Right. Whatever, In spite yeah. of the fact that you're not supposed to be betting there all that often, all of those hands that have high equity will always pay. Right? And they'll just trust the fact that you're making some sort of error betting in a situation that you're not supposed to. Yeah, but... So if you, if you recognize that between the next two ranges, Queen-Jack is ever-present, that hands like Jack-X of club... Or sorry, like Jack-10 of clubs is present... Uh, queen, queen 10 of clubs is present. Queen 10 in general is present. Ace 10 of clubs is still potentially present. Um, other two pair combos, like, you know, it's not out of line for, for JRB to have Queen 8 suited. The problem, you're, you're right, but the problem is that Garrett does not have a one pair hand here often enough. Like, his value region is not one pair. You're right. So, so the problem is that you're you you're peeling dead. You're right. So you, the, the your opponent. But the mistake is going to happen. Right. But if we know the mistake is going to happen, it but it's going to. And that's why the game's fucking good. So if we know that the mistake is going to happen, and we want to try to get all of the money in, all we have to do is try to set up a plan that logically allows us to put all the money in. It. it your assumption has to be right that either Durr or JRB are just going to make the correct fold. Sure, but I think that that's a very fair assumption that doesn't change between betting 40% pot and 80% pot. I don't think that they... Oh, I'm talking about the action of betting in and of itself. Like, when he... When okay, well, I can say with the utmost confidence. <laughs> I'm 100% positive that if JRB or Durr holds two pair plus in this no, no, spot... No, two pair plus different. Okay. Because, because he's not... That's the majority of the hands, though. No, we're talking about, like, draws or pair plus piece. Those right, but that's a, just... that's a smaller subset of hands, and also they have higher equity than two pair plus. I, I think they're like mostly, like, I think Jack 10 should just be like, bro, I'll folded. tell you right now, Ace 10 of clubs is not folded. No, no, no. Ace 10 of clubs is different. Like, you draw, nut draw, okay. Okay. But, like, but there's not that much left of Jack 10 without clubs. You have 10 of spades. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay, so yeah. like, if we're targeting two pair plus and then higher equity hands that exist that they're probably going to make mistakes with, 
We want to be all in by river. Almost always. Yeah. So I think we can go 80% here because they're not sensitive to price. They don't hold, they, sure, they have queen 10. Sure, they have jack 10. Those are their one pair hands. We can't care about that though because it's the, it's the smallest subset of hands that they possess. So I think Garrett kind of leans a little bit too much back into theory here where it's like, I'm not supposed to be betting this spot very often, so I'll bet small mm-hmm. so that I can still rep having a hand like jack 10, queen 10, right? But it's just like, fuck that. It's out the window. We, we've a bit, abort, abort. We're in a node where we are not bluffing and we have some, we have some guys on the fucking line. <laughs> so I want to be all in on river. And you can see the pot construction ends up playing out where he bets 40% here on turn. He bets 20 into 35, I believe. It's, it's the good size. It's the correct size if pick, he's going to bet. If you're going to yeah, bet. Agreed. Okay, yeah, sorry. He bets 20 into 45, so 40% pot. Uh, and now on river, we land with two pots instead of pot and a quarter or pot and a half, whatever. Yeah. Right? So if we had bet, if we had bet uh, like 30 into 45, literally small difference, uh-huh. just an extra 10K, it changes the SPR on river from two to 1.5. Yeah. And now he's just jamming for 125, or I guess like 135, whatever. Instead of betting 125 and leaving 40k behind. By the way, that sizing, whenever you're two pots effective on river, I would fucking, I would muck queen jack face up so goddamn fast. What are, what are, I don't think Garrett has enough bluffs to balance out this overbet. Well, of course, of course, we, we kind of understand that. But also, secondarily, it's like he's choosing uh, an overbet that's not all in. His bluffs would come in at 2x, right? At the full over bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if he has ace 10 of clubs, it has to be all in. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, he just doesn't have the bluffs necessary to generate this bet. Like, just that's theoretically, simple. he could balance. I mean, he could find a way to balance. But, you know, again, we're in an exploitative realm where, like, he's literally just playing a singular hand in a singular spot yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's doing what's incentivized. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, he, and yeah. it works exactly the way that I'm saying it works because this is how live fucking poker works. It's a game of chicken, right? Garrett <laughs> is capable of bluffing. And to say that he doesn't ever have bluffs there is false. Oh, man. I, I'm not saying he doesn't have bluffs. I'm saying he doesn't have enough bluffs. Sure, fine. That's, but that's he all. is capable of having enough. It doesn't enough. matter if he's capable. I know he's capable. I understand it doesn't matter, but he has you're too saying much value. it doesn't matter. He, he has too much value in coordinates to his bluffs. I, which, so I completely should. get what yeah. you're saying. But what I'm saying is when you're in that arena and you're not super polished on game theory, you are just going to play the strength of your hand, and Queen Jack's too fucking good to fold. It's a good hand. Right? So Queen Jack becomes too good to fold. We fucking know that you have Queen Jack. So we just price accordingly. <laughs> that part is true. And you just tax to that the part, fucking max. That part's true. This I know you to got too fair, bro. Bro, this is live poker in a nutshell. It's like, put yourself in scenarios where you have a hidden high-value hand, and you fucking know to a T what they hold. And you just go, oh, okay, you have the top two? All right, I think you're going to pay this price on the turn where you can never get away from it. And then, assuming the river doesn't change, oh, we got a brick. Look at that brick. You're going to pay the rest. I want you to know that Wisco thinks your analysis is brilliant. Thanks, wow. Wisco. Wow, I thought that I, I got to tell you. I thought that was going somewhere else. I thought that comment was going in another direction. Oh, I just feel like, I appreciate Wisco, it. I just want you to know that I have to play devil's advocate here or else we don't have a show. Of course. Okay? Like, I'm <laughs> not saying Berkey's. So maybe he said, Berkey's analysis is brilliant. You know what I'm really. <laughs> Slash S. <laughs> we don't, we what I really want to point out, though, is that I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical of the play or anything like that. What I'm actually trying to do is highlight how brilliant exploitative play can be when it's on display Mm -hmm. and more importantly like how clairvoyant you can be to it in real time like this is what makes garrett garrett 
is he has this ability to be tuned in to what's going on in real time, right? And it's also what makes JRB JRB. It's like, you know, to some degree, sure, uh, this this is like, not to some degree. What makes JRB JRB is that this is a pure cooler spot from his lens. Mm. And there's there's no other way to describe it uh, from the strategy that he plays. And he's not wrong, right? And then what also makes JRB JRB is the ability to like, Wiggle your way out of spots. Like, even the ace jack, it's a bad bet on the turn. For sure. But he gets off so much fucking cheaper than if he had, like, well, it's the, played it's, the hand any other yeah, way. Yeah, it's the whole, uh, like, let me see where I'm at type of thing. Big right. bet on the turn. If the guy puts in money and, like, he has to have it. Right. And I guess that's what it ultimately boils down to is that that people regress to both their training and their personality type whenever you're not dealing with pure bots. And that's what's so fucking beautiful about live poker and about live streams. I am concerned though. Like, I guess, I guess G-Man is just like, he just has two strategies, which I think is very good. Like he just has, I mean, that's the way I approach. Yeah. He has an exploitative strategy versus players that he deems he can exploit. And then he has a more centrist. But for both he and I, the, the percent, the, the ratio of games where we can play full blown exploitative without any concern and literally just play to the incentive of our hand versus the games where we actually have to play a heavily balanced strategy is like nine to one in favor of exploits. Agreed. And, and you can even do it within hands, right? So it's like, right. If you happen to be up, if you and, and Garrett match up in a hand, right. You're both going to play closer. Live's a great example. Right. We played that gigabit, like massive stakes for, for what they were running. Right. And if you look, there are hands that are played insanely theoretically sound between the pros. Mm-hmm. And then you look at other hands, and it's like, what the fuck is going on here? People want us to talk about Garrett tanking. I don't think it's that bad, <laughs> man. I think, it was, I, I, think it was, I think it was noticeable. I think it was noticeable. Yeah. And whatever. I, I'll defend a little bit because I'm guilty of this too. Less so pre-flop, flop, and turn. Much, much more so river. Um, so uh, l- let me, let me say that I'll at least defend his river. You're trying to piece it all together, man. When you're fucking, <laughs> you're, you're hanging like curious George out on a branch and you're just like, holy fuck. Like I blacked out a little bit. How did we get to this river? <laughs> what? what? Like, How do I have the nuts again? Like literally you're on the river with the nuts after making a few bets and you're just like, okay, I guess I should figure out what the stack to pot ratio is now. Like, How much oh. is in the pot? <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> Does he have two and a half pots? God, I can't shove for two and a half pots. He'll fold even two pair now. Also, it's just a different, like people have my big, big time moment. It's a little different when like all the cameras are on you. Mm. For sure. Like the cameras are on you, like everything's on you and you're you're just trying to tune all this stuff out while not making a mistake. It's like, it's a little bit different. You can speak to this. You were on poker after dark. God. (laughs) It was not a good experience. Do you ever feel like you black out in a hand? Oh my God, I I did. Yeah, no, but I I did not really. I blacked out pre-flop because it would be like, it was just like- you jammed on me. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about a fucking one-two game. I don't care what I do there. But in like, in that setting, I was like, it was just pre-flop because there was like straddles were on and then they were off. And then I was like, not- super focused and i did not like i was just not in my and also live in general at that point i had played even less live than i have now and still now i've played like so much less live than like 
most people because I just don't like to leave the house. So it was just like that's about to change. Yeah, well, now I'm leaving and I'm playing. I actually really enjoy Making it. Friends, I enjoy it a lot, but uh, I live just is, live is incredible. It just was that's really. Was it was very uncomfortable for me. Actually, it was really intimidating. I, I didn't like. I did not feel comfortable playing live like I do online. I think that's what it was. Like G Man was intimidated. By <laughs> Jeremy. By Jeremy. By the nuts on the river. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, all right, I get it. I mean, obviously, it's my last thing I'm going to say is like, I, I just, I would be very afraid when G Man bets the. That's yeah. Yeah. I, I truly hope. Here's the thing. If I were in Jeremy's spot, that would be one of those scenarios where it's like you have an auto pay off hand and I wouldn't have auto paid off. Yeah. Uh, I I would have really really went through that the ringer. You're just on like that hoping one. he has like a worse two pair, which no, like he just doesn't. No, right? yeah, so, you never beat value here. Yeah, yeah. There, no, there's definitely no catcher. value. Your bluff uh, catcher there. I mean, sucks because he blocks. He does block queen queen, which but like that sizing's just very. I mean, he he could have queen queen for that size. It makes sense, I guess. My live my live self screams that. Everything about the small, small overbet line on a board texture where the guy's not supposed to bet any of these streets is nuts. It is nuts. Like, it's just like, okay, you open 10-8 suited. That, that would be the only thing going through my head. would be like, okay, this motherfucker ISO'd Krish with 10-8 suited. Okay. Okay. Or Jax. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, there would be a big part of me on turn where it's just like, thank God he only bet 20,000 20, because I am just trying to fill up. <laughs> And I know that's obviously not no, the right way to think it, about though, it, but it's, it. you're hedging, right? Like, it's not that you're literally only calling Sometimes to fill up. Sometimes you're good. But you're just, yeah. you have the best hand at a frequency, mm -hmm. and he'll shut down River, or like, you know, you'll get a cheaper price on River, or whatever the case may be. But in deep down in your subconscious, what you're saying is, God damn it, this bet shouldn't be coming through here very often. This is pretty polarizing, and it's tough to find bluffs. Uh, I hope... I fill up, and if I don't, I hope a club peels off. But also, like, yeah, like, we're being critical of the fact that we're seeing it, right? Like, we're seeing it, but G-Man's in the spot, and he thinks this is going to work, which is what you're saying. Yeah. Right? And it's like, and he's right. It yeah. worked. So, you know, would it, would it work against other players? Maybe he doesn't do it against other players. That's the whole, right? point. That, that's yeah. the whole reason I'm having this conversation. It's not to analyze Garrett's play. It's not even to analyze JRB's play. Like, that's a byproduct of this conversation. Mm -hmm. What I'm really trying to get across is to open and expand the viewer's mind and understand, like, what's actually at play here. Like, how much information is actually being exchanged throughout the course of four streets of poker. Right, because this isn't a predetermined, solved spot that uh, you know all of the wizards would just look at and say like the line should look like this, and and the secondary line that comes through at a low percentage should look like this, right. right? Where it's just like the line should look like check call check check something. Yeah, check some. Well, let's say the highest percentage line is check call check call. Uh, check raise something like that right and then the the secondary line is like check call check raise bet mm -hmm. uh it's like those are the only two approved lines that's the only action that you could ever take and doing anything else is insane and like for jrb it should be like check back and if you don't you're a fool uh if you it's make the mistake though. of betting now you have to like go huge on turn which should lean garrett to call and then check down river 
because you land on river like in such an area, whatever, yeah. right? The whole point I'm trying to get across is like poker is not that boxed in whenever you take the reins off of people. And when I'm speaking to reins, I'm actually kind of saying like in some regard, just allowing for mistakes to occur, right? Right. There are people in this lineup that we are positive or making mistakes. So trying to fit them into a GTO lens is a mistake of your own right. Right. That's the hard part because yeah. it's like, because how I argued, like, Jeremy should have fold the pre, Jeremy should have fold the flop. You know, like, it's like, well, once those mistakes occur. And we can count on them, really. Right. We can count on them on right. this, in this lineup. Like, once those mistakes occur, it's, it's, it's a snowball effect at that point. Because well, it gives a huge advantage to the person that's keeping their ear to the to the beat of the hand. So the person who's truly listening to the information being exchanged, non-verbally, of course, mm -hmm. is the one who gains the massive upper edge, right? And I think because what this hand ultimately distills down to is Garrett trying to charge the maximum for a hand that J or B could exploitatively fold. That's the ultimate hard part of pop poker, though, because like I even fall victim to this, where I'm just like, I'm supposed to check this hand. Right. There's a pure check. So I, mm -hmm. I check. And then, like, you kind of forget, like, the ultimate. Like, you stop getting away with shit. Yeah. You, the ultimate, like, gangster at the end of the day, it's like the person that, like, knows the theory and then says, like, no, nah, fuck that. Because exactly. this guy's making a mistake. Mm -hmm. And then just deviates back to, like, the original person they were before the solver I, came out. I, I, you know? I will. Th this will be the last stake that I will drive home into this dead body. But the fact that Durr peeled eights. Next to act, back to man, look because bro. like that is that that is losing a lot of big blinds extrapolated over a hundred hands. So it's like the fact that eights are peeling in that particular spot adds so much EV to Garrett's bet. So 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 much in a myriad of ways. Whether it's because he'll stack Dur on a turned eight at a frequency, or it's because uh, it forces JRB to play his range differently. It's all. It's all showing up plus for Garrett <laughs> in that regard. What else, what else is right? Like, <laughs> right. Like Durr suddenly just like prevents Garrett from getting raised on this flop like ever. Right? Because Queen Jack with the Queen of Clubs, maybe if it just folds Jeremy, he has a raise there sometimes. Not whenever there's a call in between. <laughs> That's true. Not you know? when there's a call. That's right. So true. it's just like it, it it becomes this perfect storm of just like you know, we talk about like capturing small amounts of EV mm -hmm. and that's what the calculated study player does so fucking well. It's why they're folding mixed hands at the right frequency pre where we're like playing them pure. Like I fold one right. of those mixed hands Like mu you. mucking eights to an open. It's just like pride <laughs> out of my dead fucking hands, you know? Uh, and, and they're doing it because the edge is negligible zero or whatever. Yeah. And they're not willing to even give a cent of EV back. But when we're talking about chiseling it out in this exploitative realm, it's capturing that like quarter of a big blind and EV of a mistake that's made from somebody who's just clearly too goddamn loose. Yeah. And you know he's too loose, right? And you, it's capturing you, you that EV. You know he's too loose just pre-flop because when it goes call-call, like those right. hands mostly should have three bet. Right. And if, you know, but, like, but, but for the live environment, especially like that particular lineup, right. that's, that's way not. more common than the squeezing. Yeah. It's why Garrett's like such a, a clear point of focus uh, based off of his three betting strategy. Like he's three betting so much and everybody has to be hyper aware of that because it's just abundantly clear. Like this guy three bet four times in an episode, which think, is maybe two orbits. <laughs> I think the truth is that Ivy has to come back and regain the throne and put 
Garrett in his place once and for all. He's too rich. That was what, I mean, Doyle was doing that. <laughs> yeah, Doyle you know, was doing that. He was overcalling. Doyle was like, this in a weird kind of way, man. Doyle was like, I ain't having this, this, I ain't having this no more. Doyle, Doyle was doing it like a, like a voodoo kind of way. He's like, it was creepy. I have a suited hand. There was something going on there where he just. He had like the shades and the hat. And he like, just, it's like. What did he appeal a four bet? Like he cold called a four bet or something? He cold, cold called, called three twice. Bet. Cold called and yes, then, yes. And then over called the four bet with right. the ace four and, and then four, four fours. <laughs> I got the a four. Of the game. I got a four. And Garrett's just like, like. I mean, I would love to see. I would love to see. Uh, Ivy. I think How bad Ivy just want to play short deck with everybody? God, Ivy. Ivy just wants a different game than No Limit. Yeah. He's like any game. Pick the game, Garrett. I fucking dare you. Like, <laughs> he plays. Uh, there have been a few times where he's been in Bobby's room uh, with like Marcus and that crew playing Big Bet Mix. Bro, they're playing Infinite. Yeah, they. Yeah. They're playing like three K, six K, Big Bet Mix, no cap. It's millions. Yeah, just like Marcus. Obviously, Marcus has a million in front of him. He would never sit with any less. Right. And like you know, even guys like Seaver and Rast, I think was popping in and out. Like they're still sitting, you know, two, three hundred effective. Just like let's fucking rip. Imagine if he can get short die work into that lineup. When you know, when at some point, like we have to start rooting for somebody else. Like at some point, the world just wants to see him lose. Like I mean, Jake I would Garrett. just like to see him lose versus me personally. <laughs> uh, I, in general, I, I, I root for him because, like, I no, think I like the guy. No, but that's not why. I, One yes. time he called me a beast, and I think it was because he wanted me to get on his good side. <laughs> and I and I, I'm watching him, bro. He's I, like, "Oh, Christian's a beast." I'm like, "What are you trying to do?" Yeah, like <laughs> you try to butter me up for yeah, a game trying to or something. Me up so you could <laughs> slap me right in the face, like. Nah. I like plenty of people in poker and there are very few that I root for. The reason why I think it's easy for me to like want to see him do well when I'm not playing is because I do think that he still represents that old guard allure. I think that like he's filling a void that Ivy left, that Durr left, mm. that you know, all of these guys from years past who have shirked the the game theory study and like are just really willing to get out there and wing it whenever it comes to lineups that call for it. Yeah, uh, I think it's really easy to to pull for that and to enjoy the show, right? Like the other uh, a couple weeks ago when he won a quarter million in no short order, it was just like, of course he was running fucking well, but also like he was in the mix. Yeah, like there weren't any hands getting forward. It's like that's that's yeah. my guy. Like you, let's you go, bring Penny, bro. Yeah, he's, like he's like that. Yeah. I just feel mm -hmm. like you Where's have a little bit of rivalry. No, 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 I. I we have a little uh, bit of rivalry. Well, he just because, plays tournaments. Nah, but you still have a rivalry. Why do we have a rivalry? <laughs> because y'all used to like battle at like turning stuff. No, never. I don't know that I've ever. I've, I don't know that I've ever played with him live outside of uh, the Super High Roller Bowl final table. So who's your rival? Prior to who's your rival? The only other time I played with Bryn live was when we were coming up at Turning Stone. That's to, what I just said. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said it's tournaments. A, no, uh, I turning said stone. Oh. Turning Stone. <laughs> Y'all yeah. came up Turning Stone. He doesn't even fucking remember I was in that game for sure. He was ah, rich he, and he remembers, bro. No. And that's that's why you're rivals because he doesn't remember. That you. game was a real big <laughs> dick <dip waiting laughs> game. We were playing like five five ten. Everybody's sitting ten k deep. Everybody's from fucking online and. 17 years old sneaking into an 18 and over casino you know who else is your rival who's that bull rider oh what? lee yo lee Markle. <laughs> he's your rival bro even if you don't know it he, he's your rival 
Let him come. Fucking he was playing my five ten before he got into that big ass game. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, bro, relax. That's your coach. Get the fuck out of here. Chill out, bro. Like, I love Lee. He's fun. Why are you open five x? <laughs> I remember a very, very specific hand where uh, we were playing ten twenty forty, and he was under the gun, and I was in the forty. We were too deep. Uh, for all of the money to have gone in. And he either posted or limped or raised small under the gun. Something happened where he V-pipped under the gun. I got a bunch of callers. And I just had like, I had blade in the, in the straddle. I either had like aces or queens. Definitely wasn't kings. It was either aces or queens for whatever reason. Um, and I just remember putting in like a massive three or four bet. And he just like looks me up and down and just like smashes all in for a couple hundred big blinds, like two or three hundred big blinds, snap, and oh, we don't show shit. our hands. And the first board just like runs out dry. Actually, we probably only ran it once because this was like 2012, 2011, whatever. The board just like runs out complete dry, like six deuce, deuce, seven, nine. And I'm just like, think that's me. And I table my overpair. And he just shakes his head and shows me sixes. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and then explains how, like, it's me and I'm so aggressive and he had a pair. <laughs> and I'm just like, take your goddamn money. Jesus Christ. Oh, oh man. man. I only remember the, the bad ones. I'm sure I've put beats on somebody. Oh, I remember putting a beat on somebody. Uh, this guy that I was coaching at the time was sweating me. And we were playing 10, 20, 40. I squeezed from the small blind with Ace King suited. Again, like big, uh, probably like to a thousand or something like that, uh, over like raise, call, call. And this guy calls and it comes, uh, I don't know, like 10 high or something like that. And we have like a pot and a half back and I just jam. And he like tanks forever, has a funeral for his hand. And I'm like, I had like ace can of clubs or something. So I like backdoor or whatever. And I'm like whispering to, to my, uh, to my guy or like whatever I'm like yeah yeah like we got this for sure like he's gonna fold jacks or queens and finally he's like alright I call oh shit and it just comes like ace ace and I go me I think and I table it and he just has red kings Ooh, oh my <laughs> god that's what he got for net rolling you what the fuck <laughs> being like a 10k pot or whatever just send it yeah it was a good episode today yeah it was fun I hope everybody enjoyed the strategy talk uh, we'll try to do this like once a week you know, basically quiet Melissa down a little bit. She's the goddamn, <laughs> she's, she's a rising star of the show. We're, we're out of business, man. I understand why you stopped coming. All I saw all day today were tweets like, I love Melissa. So I thought Chin and Berkey were going to be great on the show. But you know what? Actually, we have 500 concurrent views. I watch for Melissa. You better shut the fuck up. We have 500 <laughs> concurrent views the day I show up. just want to let that be known. Shout out to all y'all in the chat. I appreciate y'all. Every, every, oh man. Seven, but, eight, nine, ten tweets. Like, wow, oh, that Melissa. 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 So Melissa. Melissa. I want you to know that I'm like, I was you know the... she talked about fucking necrophilia and getting shit on her chest, right? Yeah, well, I mix want. it up. They know what the we don't want to hear about some guy getting hurt in baseball. That's boring as shit. We want to hear about fucking dead bodies. How much would you sh pay? Like, how much do you want for shitting on a guy's chest? Right. Let's Dutch auction it. I'm right. trying to mix things I, up I here. I actually have an update on Key Brian. All I see right now on the screen is, is Cardinals 9, Pirates got, 0. zero. That, that turned out well. Listen. No. <laughs> Pirates got shut out. Olivia Rodrigo said it best. 
brutal out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Key Brian Hayes got spasms in his left forearm, but he's day to day. His brother said he's Gucci, so he's day to day already. He's day to day already. Day one, yeah. he's day to day. I agree, though. I, I do agree. We have a real, a real gem in Melissa. I said that she's America's sweetheart, but she's our sour patch kid. Yeah. <laughs> First I'm sour, then I'm sweet. Yeah, yep. well, I'm still waiting for the fucking sweet part. They're <laughs> the only ones who get the sweet part. Uh, nevertheless, we are wrapping up for today. I hope you guys enjoyed the strategy talk. If you want to hear more about how much it would cost to have one of us defecate on your chest. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, uh, no, because you actually Christ. said your price was 5k. So if somebody would like right. that, Berkey only costs 5k. Right. I did set sure. the bar a little bit low. I still do have the, the right to refuse. Uh, for no, what it's worth. Are we doing the show tomorrow? Have we made a decision? Melissa coming? I think we're coming. What? I have to go to the DMV. So is that happening tomorrow? Yeah, because I thought we weren't doing tomorrow. Okay, that's fine. All right, so no show tomorrow. I'm flying to Florida. Uh, Going to be playing in the WPT 3500, trying to win a big pile of cash. Um, and How much are you giving the viewers? What, what none. Piece? 5%? Zero. What, piece, them nothing. what piece is the if... Uh, if, if <laughs> nothing. Uh, <laughs> if broke. Not, not, <laughs> if not, we get 500 <laughs> likes and 500 comments, Berkey will give away. Not only am I not giving you guys anything, but if I win this fucking tournament, there's a chance that I will just be gone for a solid week. So <laughs> you may both Hill. lose. Are you going to Pittsburgh? Yeah, where are you going to go? Goddamn right. It's Pittsburgh? almost summer, baby. We're going <laughs> on vacation. <laughs> beach. Not Hawaii, the beach in not Disney World. He's getting Pittsburgh. season tickets to the Buckeyes. <laughs> I don't need to win the tournament to pay for season tickets. That's for sure. It'll be Day to day, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. Uh, we will be back Monday. Uh, I'm going to try to uh, do it from Florida. Depends on if I'm on day three or not and what time we record. Nah, just but be on day three, bro. Yeah, I'm going to try to be on day three. Be on day three. Uh, Melissa, Brian, Conrad, Andre, Chin will all be holding it down. Uh, Landon and I will be down there gambling it up. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, leave a comment. Let us know what other disgusting endeavors. Oh. You would like Please us to love. Dutch auction off. Let us know. Uh, you know, keep it somewhat. Nah. Yeah, you, nah, you know what? Fuck Uncensored. it. Say whatever you want. We don't care. Just leave a comment. We'll see us. you guys all next week. <laughs> Go Bucks. No. No. <laughs>